All right, folks, it's Monday. I'm Drew Berkowitz. This is my show. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. It was a great weekend here. Great weather. Blue Angels in town always makes for a good time. And, man, I'm telling you, where, where the studio is is a good spot. The beach is obviously the, uh, the best spot to be right underneath where they're doing the show, but we're really close by and right on the line, so it's been amazing. Was up here uh, with the family over the weekend, enjoyed that. Super fun. Uh, hope you guys had a great weekend as well. <clears throat> Tom in studio, Disco not in studio. We'll get him back here at some point. Um, but we've got a lot to get to. lot to get to today. We've got Alexis Wilkins, who's going to join us in just under 30 minutes or so here. Taryn Gregson going to be here for the final hour. So great guest, great guest all week. We've got a lot of stories we're going to get to. We've got an Israel update. Not just Israel, the, the friggin' Middle East writ large. As I said, Alexis Wilkins is going to be here. We're, we're going to discuss Armenia. No one paying attention to Armenia and Azerbaijan. Most, most people are like, I don't even know what those two countries are. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, she, she's Armenian. She's a country musician. She's a Prager U host. She's a great person. Uh, so it's going to be awesome. We got some news from Capitol Hill. We got Mitch McConnell, who made another laughable comment. But he didn't stroke out this time, so kudos to him. It was a, a, a small win, I guess. Small win. Then, as I mentioned, Taryn Gregson will be here in the, the third hour to discuss her new, new documentary, Shot Dead. Uh, folks, I'm going to give you the warning now. When we get to that third hour, we're going to push everyone all over to Rumble. YouTube and Facebook not going to like what we're talking about. We'll give you a warning. We will give you the link at that time. We'll do all of that uh, when we get there. So YouTube, Facebook, everywhere else that is not Rumble, first two hours, you're good to go. Last hour, you're going to have to come on over to Rumble. <clears throat> and then we'll cover some some, uh, some sports from the weekend. Just touch on it. What's, what's, what's to look forward to this week? Before we get into all of that, though, I'm pleased to tell you that this first hour of the show is brought to you commercial-free by my good friends at American Alternative Assets. As you guys know, Binomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value. And guess what? I say this with a chuckle. I don't, I don't mean it to be a funny thing. It's not a funny thing. It's going to lose more value with all that's going on in the world right now. Your hard-earned savings because of Joe Biden, because of this administration, because of what's happening in the world, all of those savings are at risk. But you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in the volatile markets that are out there. You can do it all with gold and silver IRAs. Call 833, the number two, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide will outline all the steps you need to take to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all, by the way, without any tax consequences. So do it. Again, it's 833, the number two, USA Gold, 833-287-2465 or visit protect from Biden. So it's going to be not just an amazing night on the program. It's going to be an amazing week on the program. Awesome friends, awesome guests coming on all week. If you didn't see this on Twitter earlier today, here's, here's what's coming up. Here's who's coming up this week. Alexis Wilkins, Taryn Gregson tonight. Dinesh D'Souza is going to be here tomorrow night, as is Bobby Brock from Outkick. Cameron Kinsey coming by Wednesday, Wednesday, and Scott Pressler coming by Thursday. It is going to be busy around here. 
Scott's done an incredible job getting people registered to vote. 100%. Yeah. Always does. You know, helped a huge, huge role in, in the big win in Louisiana a couple weeks ago. Uh, saw him posting something. I think he's up in Penn State right now doing stuff there. I didn't know this. Scott's actually from Neptune Beach right here in, in the Jacksonville Beach area. Oh, no kidding. So <clears throat> originally, not now, but right. originally. So it, it's so funny that the Republican Party has people like Scott trying to help. He's doing more than, than uh, uh, Ronna Romney has been doing her entire time as chairman of the GOP. It's like he's doing more for a party that could care less about anybody registering to vote. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, he, he really is. He, he doesn't get enough credit. And there's a lot of people who look at that and they're like, and we'll obviously talk to him a lot about this on Thursday, but a lot of people look at that and they're like, well, yeah, but does that really matter? Yeah, yes, it does. And, and if nothing else, even if you disagree on, on how much it matters or it doesn't matter, it does, by the way. Uh, so if you disagree, you're wrong. But it's, it's one of those things where it's the effort, right? It's the effort and the commitment to something that you don't, you just don't see from other people. And he, I mean, he you see his picture. You see, pic, we'll show it Thursday too. Well, pictures of his car, his trunk. I mean, the dude, like, you'd think he's a prepper, because there's canned goods and box goods and some some toiletries and some stuff like that. It's not, it's not for that though. It's because he goes all over the country to help get voters registered to talk, to register to talk about the issues that are important. Um, it's it's really cool what he does. I, I, I tell you, it, it exhausts me to think about it, but it, it's really cool what he does. So we'll get into all of that. But for now, let's get into uh, some world news. So lots happened over the weekend in the Middle East, as you might imagine. Lots continuing to happen. But one of the two main groups in Palestine, in Gaza in particular, that have been a thorn in Israel's side for the longest time, backed by Iran, much like Hamas, is Islamic Jihad. Well, they came out this weekend with a new video meant to taunt, threaten, tease, whatever you want to call it, Israel. Here was the, here was the video. So there they are sending out their threatening videos. We got tunnels, we got weapons, we got people with their 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 outfits on, yada yada yada. Point being though is is these people are as we know committed to jihad, committed to eliminating Israel from the face of the map, certainly from the region. That's that's something that should concern everyone. So you've you've got that. You've got that, and as you've got that, as all this is happening, Hamas doing all that they're doing, Islamic Jihad, Iran throughout the region, Hezbollah getting 
ramped up in, in, in Lebanon. Don't, don't worry. Fear not, Sir Tom, because <laughs> Joe Biden thought it was, as, as Americans are being held hostage too, by the way, it would be a good time to hit the beach again. Here was the scene this weekend. I get it. I, I mean, I do. At this point, I get it. There's no, there's no point in, in, in belaboring the point here. You've been gone forty percent of the time. Everything has been on fire. It's not just yes. This, this is big. This is a big deal. We've got Americans being held hostage. We've got Americans that were killed. We've got regional war breaking out in the Middle East. We've got the potential of World War Three. We're going to get into all that here in a second. And and you're once again gone. But you've been gone. 40% of your of your presidency so far as as our own border is wide open thanks to you as our economies in tatters our militaries in tatters our oil reserves gone our our military reserves way way down so many issues so many issues at home been gone but again this is a big one this is a big one and you're you're just completely missing off the face of the map well you're not you're at the beach but like uh, the timing of it. It, it. I mean, who who is saying, yep, this is a good time to go, sir? I get it. You're an aide. You're someone who's on his team. You view him as the president, even though he's not really. And he's, he says, we need to go here. I need to go do this. Or or the, the handlers say even, which is likely the case, we need to go ahead and get you out of here so you don't screw anything up. But they, no, does no one talk about the optics of it? Does that, no one talk about how how bad this looks? They don't care. Is the bottom line. The communists don't care. They know that Joe Biden isn't the president. There's somebody else behind the scenes, Barack Obama, who's pulling all the strings. And for Joe to go on vacation, it doesn't matter. The optics don't matter. None of this matters during due, due to this Marxist revolution. They don't care anymore. They, the military-industrial complex and the security state are the ones running the country. Yeah. With, uh, with the, on the behest of Obama. Joe Biden is just a placeholder. He's he's a figurehead. That's all he is. Nobody gives a shit about him. No, he could be in D.C. He could be at one of his the mansion that he we're finding out that he paid two point four million in cash for. I guess one of those pallets that, you know, had made its way to Iran. Another pallet of cash made it to, you know, Joe's realtor, which is kind of odd. I don't I don't know if I've ever paid cash for a house i don't i don't think i have i haven't either most people don't certainly not that <laughs> costly of a house uh, but this just goes to show you by back to my original point they don't care no they don't they, they don't care at all and it, if anything they're showing their contempt for the average american by saying we don't care he can go off and do this we're still making decisions and there's nothing you can do about it because the revolution is happening whether you like it or not and this is the way it is, folks, and we do not care. Elections mean nothing. Elections mean nothing. They don't mean anything anywhere on the planet now that we're seeing the returns from Argentina. Yeah. 
No, they they just don't. They and that's that's if we have time, we'll get into that later too, because there is a lot going on in Argentina. There's a lot going on all over the world. But there's uh, again, there's a lot going on here because yes, I know that the answer is, and you're right. It, they they don't care as as a collective body on the left, as a collective DC. Joe Biden and, and Joe Biden certainly don't care. They could care less about the optics, or or they would have done this all different. You're not gone that that long. You get a onesie, twosie kind of mistake. Oh, that didn't look good. Oh, sorry, we won't do that again. They just keep doing it again, rubbing dirt in the wound. Um, so, <clears throat> but we have all sorts of other issues here because we've got we we've got more and more people. The squad in particular, or as I like to call them, the Hamas caucus. The Hamas caucus. I like that better. <laughs> the Hamas caucus. You know, we've all shown clips of Rashid Tlaib. We've, we've shown how angry she is, even before all this, obviously, way before all of this, in fact. She is such an odious woman. She is such a vile woman. But, but you have Corey Bush here at the mics taking some questions on the Hill. And Ilhan decides she's going to step in off mic. Screen left for you over Corey's right shoulder. Or excuse me, that's Ariana Presley. Uh, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, she's, she's the one that nobody gives a yeah, shit about. Exactly. So that's she, why she shaved her head. She's the squad <laughs> member that is. Yeah. But um, anyways, listen to Ilhan Omar here, who loses it on a reporter. How many more killings is enough for you? Is it a thousand more? Two thousand more? Three thousand? How many more Palestinians would make you happy if they died? Do you? Are you will you be fine if all of the people of Gaza were gone? Would that make you happy? Would that be the thing that makes you proud? And maybe that's the question you should ask Richie. Is he okay? How many more Palestinian lives is he comfortable with? Because I am not comfortable with any more. I haven't, personally, I haven't decided on my number yet. Uh, I don't know about, about you. But again, you have these over-emotional people. Who, they're, look, they're, Ilhan Omar is entitled to her opinion. But... It doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't mean that she should be a sitting representative of Congress who hates our country, hates Jews. Yeah, that's the, the most important thing. What's the proper number amount of Jews to be eliminated, right. Ilhan? What's your, and I will tell you what that number is. Every single one of them, in her opinion, and every single squad member wants the annihilation and the eradication of the Jewish people worldwide. It's obvious. It and is. Each time one of these pigs gets up in front of a microphone and starts acting like Hamas and Palestinians, Palestinians are the victims. They're full of shit. No, they they absolutely are. And and again, they're just beyond the fact that they're obviously just super mean spirited. They're, they're they're just so. I mean, we, Israel is one of our biggest allies. Always has been a staunch ally of the United States of America. And so you understand why most of the country supports them in this case. You should. You're sitting here representing the country, but. But beyond hating the Jews and being anti-Semitic like they are, they, my biggest issue with them is not that they're, they, they act and behave like terrorists. They play the victim-oppressor role. And they, they get into all the stuff that we talk about all the time and whine and bitch and moan about stuff. But you don't even fucking like America. Yeah. That, that's, that is problem number one for me. We can disagree on almost everything. But if the baseline is, and there's, there's plenty, we're not, we don't have time to go into what all the, the rules are, but if, if the baseline is, I, I, or the baseline is, rather, I, I like America or I don't like America, and if, if we can't agree on that, 
then we have nothing in common. And I don't get why you're here, and I don't get why you're trying to serve in our country. Serve is obviously a very loose term. It goes beyond that once you agree on America, or liking it, supporting it, not liking it, supporting it. You know, you get into all the gender nonsense, all the other BS that's out there now. But Well, they're, they're in government because they want to change it. They're part of the revolution. Yeah. Well, she said herself, I want to destroy the system. We want to burn it down, burn yeah. the system down. Well, Although I don't think she'd mind burning the country down either. Oh, burning the country down, burning synagogues down. They're all about terror. The Hamas caucus, that's all they're about. They're about instilling fear and terror in people to bring about the change they want. And they want to do it by scaring the daylights out of people, getting people to comply because they don't want to put up with being frightened every day. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is their followers, the Hamas caucus representatives, their followers are feisty. They are ardent in their beliefs. So I don't know if they're... The, the Hamas caucus people are ardent in their beliefs. The people who follow them and support them are just super dumb. Committed, yes, but super dumb. But you've got, you've got their supporters, and then you have actual Palestinians throughout the country, Arabs throughout the country who, who are sympathetic to the so-called plight of the Palestinians. And I'm not saying it's so-called. There's, there are some issues there for sure. But they're sympathetic to it. And we've seen these protests erupt all over the freaking country, and they get worse and worse and worse by the day. We've got multiple ones we're going to show throughout today's show. But here, here is Brooklyn over the weekend. This was um, Saturday, I believe. Take a look. So you know Ilhan would love that, too. She supports it because she supports Palestine. They're out there chanting, shoving back against police officers, saying, F you pigs. I mean, that's a double way. That's like, that's like a, a dream come true for Ilhan. Oh, yeah. Slamming law enforcement, slamming our country, making communities less safe, and supporting terrorists. Sounds, sounds like it's perfect for her. Sounds like it's perfect for her. But on this whole issue, so overseas... You've got lots of stuff. And again, we talked about the, the hospital bombing a week ago, whenever that was. There's, the fog of war is a real thing. It, it's, it's always a real thing. You see different types of information come out all of the time. You see it. You, gosh, I mean, you think back to the beginning of the Russia-Ukraine war and the information that we talked about back then. I mean, it's remarkable. <laughs> the ghost of Kiev. Yes. Snake Islands. Yes. Old Ukrainian ladies throwing pickle jars and knocking down drones with pickle jars. Yes. Which would be amazing if true. <laughs> amazing, but it's not. It's not true. Point being, there's, there's so much um, propaganda with all of this stuff going on. I'm not saying this next piece is propaganda. I'm not saying it's not. My point is, is it's really difficult to believe everything that's coming out in situations like this. You've got very heavy rhetoric from the Arab world, the Palestinians, uh, anyone who's anti-Israel, which is a lot of people over in that region of the world. You've got the same going in, in the reverse towards Israel. Anyways, point being, the reason I lead into this is Israel says it's found, according to new reports, Israel says it's found Hamas files with instructions for making cyanide-based weapons. He says weapon there in the post. I'm saying weapons, plural. Um, but, but that's one of the things Israel's doing as they're delayed, by the way, Joe Biden saying, Hey, yeah, a lot of people suggesting that the white house pressuring them, which makes total sense to not go in as soon to kind of delay and stall the invasion. 
right? Which sounds like a very Democrat, very Joe Biden thing to do. And to be clear, as I've said, I don't want World War III. I don't want a regional conflict. But I also don't want to tell Israel what to do when they're trying to exact revenge and put down a group like Hamas who needs to be put down in a situation where 1,400 plus of their civilians were just killed in one of the most violent days in, in history. So I, I don't think it's appropriate for us to do that, but they're spinning up stuff and they're putting out reports like this. I hate, we should all be weary at this point in time, especially if you're an American, of chemical weapon reports. Yeah. Maybe just pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not saying it's not true or possible. It's totally possible. It might even be borderline plausible. Just saying when you hear stories coming out like this, to, to take it with a grain of salt, take a beat, think about it, and then also talk about does it really matter? Because in my view, yes, that if that were true, of course it matters. You don't want those types of weapons, any kind of chemical or biological weapon in play, certainly on the enemy side. But does it really matter? At the end of the day, what matters right now is what Hamas did. And yes, there's more nuanced information. There's more intelligence proving how much worse they are or aren't. You, but you don't need it, in my view. Did this just happen? Did October 7th happen? It did? Cool. We're going to come kill all of you. That, it's, and, oh, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it's 100% that simple. I'm waiting for the day that Joe Biden comes out and says, you know, I talked to Bibi Netanyahu, and I told him to delay or else he wasn't getting that $10 billion. I looked at my watch, and son of a bitch, he delayed. So he got his $10 million. That's how Joe Biden operates. Yeah, we saw him do that in Ukraine. So I guarantee you some something like that was said to Netanyahu. Either you're going to delay or you ain't getting the money. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's the way that we play the game. That's the way he plays the game. That's the way that we play the game. But it's, it's concerning, right? Because you've got all this stuff going on and you've got two carrier strike groups there now, right? With the Ford and the, Enterpri and the Enterprise. I'm going back to like Navy <laughs> SEAL days. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's there, the Eisenhower. Um, maybe we do send Charlie Sheen. I mean, that would just kind of spice things up, confuse them. Well, at this point, he is a biological weapon. Yeah, you get cocaine involved. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Tiger's blood. And <laughs> yes. But you've got two of our carrier strike groups. You've, whether it's part of a routine operation or whether it's specific and directed at, at, at what's happening and unfolding over there, you've got a, a bunch of Chinese ships that have come into there, warships that have come in there. Let me just pull up the total here. Um, <clears throat> six warships. And then there was another one, too. I'm not going to waste my time going into that. But there's a lot of frickin' tension in the region. It seems like a big flex from China sending their Navy into, that, into the neighborhood. It certainly is. Again, there's a lot of reports, too, saying, well, this is part of a routine operation. Well, there's also some pretty non-routine stuff happening there. So maybe you, you pivot and you kind of adjust or change that at this given time, given what it A, could look like or B, what it actually means if, if you're there on, you know, very purposefully. I don't know. But there is a big flex. You've got that. You've got so much going on in the region, and it's all super concerning. Um, <clears throat> I don't know where it goes. I don't know where it goes. There's some great comments in the chat. By the way, I've seen those. Keep them coming. Hit that like button if you haven't already. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's certainly concerning. But let's, let's pivot to something else here, because I can see that we have someone who's more interesting than us here uh <laughs> because we there's more than one territorial dispute going on right now most people are like what 
well, yeah, okay, Ukraine, Russia. No, no, I'm not talking about that. You've got another one that no one is talking about. So joining us to actually talk about it, to educate and inform you people on it, and if I'm being honest, probably us too, this is going to be great, is country musician, Prager U host, Alexis Wilkins. Alexis, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It is our honor and pleasure, um, privilege, I should say, to have you here. So everyone's talking about this war between mm -hmm. Israel and Hamas. Israel and Iran, whatever you want to call it. And and they should be, right? It's 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 got a lot of concerns. There's a lot of threats that go along with it. Yeah. And then for the past year, there's been Russia and Ukraine. And obviously, that's kind of a very different, I would put, at least in a very different category than Israel-Hamas. But with all of this war talk... You never hear anyone discuss what's going on in Armenia, where there's over 100,000 Christians, Armenians, being displaced in a conflict there. Azerbaijan started attacking in, in Artsakh, and you've got the population who's losing their land. They're on the run. No, no yeah. one's talking about this. This is an issue that's very important to you. Why do you think that is? I think that it has to do with the fact that Everything, especially with geopolitics, goes back to the investment, goes back to energy. So I could condense the history and, and why we're here, but at the end of the day, BP has $45 billion invested in the area. With the Russia conflict, the U.S. is going to Azerbaijan, a very gas-rich country, instead of Russia for gas, kind of reallocating energy here. And... The Azerbaijan lobby in the U.S. is really powerful. You know, I would put it up there with—we don't hear about it as much, but with the Ukraine lobby. And so there's a lot of different things at play here. And then you have the whole history in general to where we're not hearing about it at all on mainstream media. Yeah, it's—well, it, it is—and that's—I see, I didn't know that about BP and, and specifically— how Azerbaijan lobbied so hard for that. I mean, I think I've spent a lot of time in South Asia with my career. I'm familiar with the countries, but I think there's a lot of people who honestly, as as we teased this segment and said, we're going to talk about Armenia and Azerbaijan right now, we're like, who, what, like what? Like, there's a lot of people who just don't know those countries, don't know that part of the world whatsoever. So let's go back a step. You've got the oil aspect of things now, but right. how did this dispute happen? Because this land, this go pop up that map, like this land, for those of you who aren't familiar, is, I think we've got two. Yeah, just do that. That one's perfect. We can resize it and get it up there. But you've got Armenia here in the pink. And then down yeah. south of that, it kind of falls off the screen because it's white and it looks like it's not there. But you've got Iran, who's obviously very involved in a lot of things throughout the world. Um, but just for reference in terms of where we are in the map, and then Russia's up to the north. But then you've got Azerbaijan in a light green over there. And then you've got Artsakh, which is that orange, or let's call it coral, just to spice things up. You've got the coral section over there, which is where the disputed territory is. Alexis, right. how did how did this whole thing start? So this whole thing goes back. I mean, this region has been warring for millennia. You go through the Ottoman Empire, you go through the Roman Empire, you have all, this whole region has been really struggling with one another for history, honestly. But really, 
the history that's relevant to this situation, let's just start in the late 1800s and beginning in 1915 when you had the Armenian genocide. Of course, that was Turkey attacking Armenians. Um, and you don't hear a lot about that either, which has to do with this whole situation, because Turkey and Azerbaijan tend to go hand in hand um, with, with the lobby here. But you start kind of there, and then this region, Artsakh, is very Christian religious. Um, it's very significant. And so it's always kind of been a point of contention. It's always been Armenians. And they, it's passed back and forth, but it started out as Armenians' land, as you see kind of redistrict. And so as you see the Soviet Union begin, um, Stalin actually gave Artsakh to Azerbaijan. So in one of their treaties, he signed over Artsakh. Um, to Azerbaijan kind of as a kill switch, um, so that if the Soviet Union ever fell apart, you would end up having the countries be in conflict with one another instead of with the whole Soviet Union in general. Now, whether he did this on purpose or an accident, it's kind of debated, but I would argue and say it was pretty purposeful. So when the USSR did ultimately fall apart, Artsakh was a warred over region, and Armenia ended up taking it back um, as, as the USSR dissolved. Now, fast forward to 2020, Azerbaijan has advancements in technology, advancements in drones, in military, a lot of this because of the gas, because now the West, the lack of Soviet Union ownership, they can suddenly access Azerbaijan's natural resources. 2020 comes along, and you had, I think, a 44-day-long war over this region broke down some of the defenses, broke down some of the territory, um, and they started blockading the three-mile uh, strip of land from Armenia to Artsakh uh, that, that you can get back to the mainland. So Azerbaijan starts blockading this. It happens over the course of three years. Now, um, Artsakh, or you'll hear it called Nagorno-Karabakh, is without electricity, without a lot of these things, um, is now being attacked. So you go to September, end of September of this year, and they're being attacked by the Azerbaijanis, and it's just, it's what you see now. And so ultimately, um, the people who are ethnically Armenian have been in Artsakh for generations and generations um, are passing back to Armenia. And 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 are they, I mean, you've seen, I've, I've seen the, caravans of people, of vehicles, and everything trying to get back there. How difficult, I mean, obviously with, with Azerbaijan's involvement in that three-mile stretch of land there, with, with what they're doing, it's got to be tricky. Like, is there, first and foremost, it's tragic and t terrifying and sad and all those things that they're having to leave their homes. I mean, everyone should should have some heartstrings being tugged on right now with that. But how, how successful are they actually getting back to Armenia proper, the homeland? You know, it, it's looking like with Russia's help, people are getting back, but it's not, you know, it's really hard to say, especially with the lack of reporting. You know, I'm seeing some of the sources come out of Armenia and trying to collect these things together. You know, it's kind of a little bit of hearsay with the fact that uh, churches and these relics and that have been around for, for centuries are being turned into boxing gyms and mosques. And just immediately the flip over happens, which is what you see with conquering. But as far as the people, it's really hard to say. Um, I think we're finally getting tallies of how many people are coming back to Armenia. But a lot of them, what's very sad is they're not staying in, in mainland Armenia. You know, that's not, that's not their home. Artsakh right. is their and so it's just, it's really tragic to see this many people um, that have, the land is such a part of them being displaced. 
Yeah, it, it is. Well, and, and, and we get you see the things that we as a country get wrapped around the axle on, super hype, you know, hyper focused on. And some of the stuff you can you can see very clearly what the political motivations are, what the reasonings are. And, and that doesn't justify them. In fact, in most cases, it, it does the exact opposite. I'm and looking at you, Ukraine. But but yeah. but you see issues like this and it's like these are good people who are landlocked, uh, are surrounded by a bunch of people who don't have their best interests at heart. And right. typically speaking, we step up others, not just the United States, but we step up and do the right thing to help out there. And in this case, it's literally just have you heard of what's happening there, Mr. President? And then it's set the paper down, you know, turn your head away. No one cares whatsoever. And it's just yeah. frustrating. And it's it, it, I, I, I don't know how how we as a international community, let alone just the United States, let things like this happen and just totally blow it off. I know it's it's a it's past the point of even just an acknowledgement. You know, it's it's hard when you see so many conversations going around so many humanitarian issues right now, and it's just completely left out. And I think it's also you know the sides of this are difficult. Is anything with uh, geopolitical energy conversations? It's always going to be a really weird split. You know, they just had the what they're calling the three plus three meeting that was kind of the not end of this, but was kind of their solution uh, for a brief moment, and the thing is is the sides are sorry oh you're good the sides are fascinating because you have india funneling money through iran to armenia in order to help them iran's interest is in it because they don't like the turkic countries either um, they find that they're hostile, which is so strange as we're talking about Iran and other contexts to see it funneling through. You know, you have France helping Armenia with their arms. It's just, it's very all over the place. And the sides are interesting. And of course, the U.S. is in a unique position. You know, we have we have allies. Turkey is a part of NATO. You know, they are angling to join the EU. There are all of these different things are at play. And I can understand why it's difficult to comment on, but it's just the complete lack of coverage, the 100% blockout is what's really painful uh, to watch. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, put it out there and let, which is how news is supposed to be anyways, right? Is put an issue out there, let people decide, let them come to their own conclusions. We tend to walk people here in America towards exactly where typically the left, since they control 90 plus percent of the media, wants you to be, but put it out there and let people decide. Instead, it's just complete blackout. It's, it's, uh, to me, it's really frustrating. Now, where does Turkey fall on it now? I mean, obviously, they have their history, but where does Erdogan and Turkey fall as it pertains to this particular conflict? They fall with other with Azerbaijan. Um, okay. They're definitely uh, allies on this. Make, I mean, it makes sense. It, it it absolutely makes sense. Well, I just I, I we I've got a good friend. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or know him, but Chuck Holton, um, who spends a ton of time over there, he actually just did a documentary. I think it was last year. Uh, it's all blending together now on Armenia. And oh, wow. I've been dying to get someone on. Um, and uh, Chuck, I haven't watched it yet, brother. I'm sorry, but I want to. And it was supposed to be phenomenal. And But now I want to even more because of yeah. all that's happened there. But I think it's such a fascinating story. And again, we get so locked in on so many issues in this country that it, most, most, mostly we get locked in on ourselves with social media and all the nonsense that happens here. But then we get locked in on whatever issues the media is feeding us. And we just forget that there's so many other people out there, some doing great, some getting their asses kicked like, like Armenia is right now in terms of being uprooted and, and all that are going through. And it's really important, I think, just on the human level to, 
to bring attention to this. So I'm glad that we could talk about it. I'm glad that you could come on uh, and talk about it. Uh, yeah. But I want to much for bringing light to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again because we we also on this show talk about a bunch of not to compare them at whatsoever, but a bunch of stuff that goes on in the African continent that no everyone just kind of like lets everything go to die on, on on the African continent. So we talk about it a lot here too. So we're trying to to hit on a bunch of issues that other people don't. So we will definitely do this again, but I want to hit another issue because I love country music, mm -hmm. <laughs> like my family, my, myself, my wife, my kids. Um, my kids might have been forced into liking it, but that's a different topic of conversation for another time. But we're all yeah. about it. And you're a country musician. How did talk about your journey? Is this always been one of your life goals? Like, how did you how did you get into music? So I started writing when I was really young. Um, long story, very long story short, I was reading an article in a magazine um, in Smithsonian, and there was a cause. It was the coal fires in Pennsylvania. And I said to my mom, you know, I want to help with this. They're out of money. I was like seven or something. And she goes, you know, people do something they love to raise funds and awareness for something they believe in. And that was it. I wrote a song and I wanted to record the song and one thing led to another. And as I got older, I continued writing, continued recording, was always attracted to country music because I grew up on it as well and I love it. But also because you can write the truth. I mean, ultimately you can, you can write real stories and you can talk about things that are important in country music. And so that's, that's really been it for me. I love it. Well, yeah, you can. I mean, the storytelling... And and I mean, just the, the the roots of country music are just they are. I mean, not everyone's a country music person out there. That's fine. Um, we all make bad choices in life at some <laughs> point. But but the storytelling is just so much better. It's just so Americana. It's it's yeah. community, it's roots. What have you learned about your journey in that career so far? Uh, getting started, you've by the way, check out all the music. Uh, you can go to her site. You can go just search her online. You're going to find it. Pretty new video um, that I was watching the other day. It's awesome. But I, I'll get to that in a second. How how has your journey been so far getting into all of that? Because obviously the music industry is a different beast. It's interesting. I mean, the industry is is definitely interesting. It's it's always been left-leaning and it probably will continue to be as as industry-centric. But what's great about what's happening is there's so much diversity in how you're allowed to put out your music. You know, you can be totally independent, do all these things that you believe in. Of course, I'm talking about my spell, myself here, you know, do these things that I believe in and still make country music and, and get to tour nationally and, and do all of the things that I love. And so I think it's really just been a, a whole lesson in sticking to your values and the things that you believe in. And, um, not letting anyone tell you that you can't do a piece of the things you love because of gosh politics or i used to get flack because i have always been so for veterans and all of my causes have been for veterans and all of my supporting has been for veterans and even before the world was super hyper political not that there was ever a time where that really was the case but before it was you know the the forefront of conversation and everything I would get flack because people would say that, you know, supporting veterans was partisan and being patriotic was partisan. And so I decided right there and then that I didn't really care um, what people had to say and that the audience that I was connecting with was, of course, people who shared these values um, and that ultimately these are the things I care about. And so this is, you know, this is who I am. Well, I think that's such an important thing because what most people can't do in any industry 
is get to that point where they just don't care what others think. And, and everyone always thinks, too, like, that's just mean-spirited. You should care. That's not what anyone's saying. No one is saying you shouldn't care about other people, care what they think. What we mean and what you're saying is I'm not going to stop what I believe in, stop who I am, because some person on social media or this record label or this group over here, whoever they are in this fictitious scenario that I'm unfolding, it just doesn't matter. What they think doesn't matter. That's not how you're judged. That's not who defines you. So I think it's amazing that you're doing that. And obviously you're in the the right genre of music for that. It's gotten trickier over the years. From my outsider's perspective, you see a lot more stuff pop up in country music that you maybe didn't used to see. Uh, are, yeah. are you seeing that too? Is it, has it changed? You know, from an industry perspective, it's, they've, they've definitely gotten more bold with, you know, trying to promote left values. But why I love the country music audience is because they don't care. I mean, they go, okay, yeah. we don't like music. You know, Marin Morris had to leave country music yeah. because country fans weren't buying the tickets. You know, it's, it's very obvious the values that country music fans have. And even if it's not outright, you know, here's how we vote. It's just, we want to listen to music by people who don't hate us for our values. And that's how I feel as a country listener and a country artist. So I, I think ultimately, no matter what the industry does, you have the giants, like, you know, you have Jason Aldean, you have John Rich, you have these people that are really setting forth their patriotic values as well and going, you know, this is what the people like. So we don't yeah. really care. Absolutely. So what are you working on now? What's, what's the latest in the world of Alexis Wilkins music right now? Alexis Wilkins music, we've got some videos coming soon. Um, I've got some acoustic sessions coming soon that I'm really excited about. Um, we're going to try and get those around Veterans Day, but TBD on an exact release. Um, and then more music. So got all that coming up. And then, yeah, continuing to tour, hitting some rodeos this winter and spring and into next summer. I love it. Well, if you come down to the Jacksonville, Florida area, we got a lot of country music fans here. That's where the studio is. you got to come on by. We'll... Uh, We'd love to have you in studio, love to, to, to take you out, show you the town. Uh, it's been uh, awesome having you. Thank you so much for all that you do. Where's the best place for people to follow you, both both for your commentary and also for your music? Um, I am Alexis Wilkins on everything. So whether you're on True Social, Rumble, Instagram, no matter, no matter what, um, it's Alexis Wilkins. I love it. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for being here. I loved it. It was great having you comment on Armenia. It's super important. We will do that again. We'd love to have you back on that, but also on a number of other issues. So thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. Have a great day. You too. All right, folks, check out Alexis Wilkins. You heard her. You can just type it out there. You can hear what she said. She's, she's smart. She's just doing so many great things. She's super talented. I'm a country music guy. I, I judge country music. I've loved everything I've heard of her so far. So go check it out. I know a ton of you because I've got some really diehard fans who will talk about country music in here. And yes, you're my favorite. I, I know you'll love her stuff if you haven't heard it. So go please check it out. Uh, again, it's Alexis Wilkins, and we loved having her on the show. Um, okay, so you learned a little bit about Armenia. Tom, how much, how familiar were you with Armenia going into this conversation? I'm more familiar with uh, Azerbaijan because I spent time in Baku. Okay. And I know that, you know, it's very rich in the, um, in oil. As a matter of fact, they have spas there where you go in and you, ba you literally bathe in oil. 
It's supposed to be you do these oil, crude oil treatments on your body. I feel like that can't be good for you. That, I didn't, it gets into your pores. And, that's what I thought too. But they swear by it there that it's somehow you know, it, it it like it's an exfoliator of somehow. Disco, can we get a life expectancy figure for Azerbaijanis? <laughs> it is. It's a it, it's a strange place too. It, it reminds me a lot of Romania, where everyone's wearing black leather and the men have you know kind of nicely black coiffed hair and all have mustaches, and it's right on the Caspian Sea, so. I mean, I could see Rather it. Lovely. I could see it growing facially. <laughs> I could see you going like full Teen Wolf out of get, after getting out of one of those things. Um, what what just happened here? Well, you took a bath in oil, sir, and now you're a swamp creature. Um, <clears throat> but as far as Armenia goes, the, you know, in living in LA, there was always uh, not a celebration, but a, a day of remembrance of of the Armenian genocide because there's a huge. Armenian population in Glendale, California, which is in the valley of Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley. And there's always signs up about, you know, never forget the genocide and then, you know, lots of parades and everything. But when this started happening, it just seemed like everything fell quiet right. in the Los Angeles area, which was really weird because up until this went down, it was always never forget the genocide, this and that. And then now it's just crickets. It's the weirdest thing. It is. Well, I, it, and it's a, it really is a sad thing. I mean, every once in a while, I'll show my mushy side. Uh, but when you see people being displaced from their homes like this who fought for it, have been involved in conflict, guests over the years, but now they're just being forced out by really another small country, but they're backed. And it's the, the complications and complexities of having oil and all of that involved uh, where they end up getting the short end of the stick. It's, 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 it's terribly sad. And a lot of these people are Christian people, which, which I know tugs on some additional heartstrings for people. So it, it really, it's, it's terribly sad, and it's terribly frustrating that no one is talking about it. And, and the reason they're not talking about it is because no one cares. Well, no one cares because they're Christians, just as nobody's cared about the Coptic Christians in Egypt when they were being terrorized. Nobody cared about the Yazidis when they were stuck on top of that mountain being, you know, pursued by ISIS. It, it, if the shoe is on the other foot in this situation, if it was Muslims who were being chased out of their houses by Christians, right. the media would be running away with it. But yeah. it doesn't fit the media's narrative in the world narrative of who the victim oppressor ideology that we that, that currently you know, um, drives every narrative with every story that's out there. Yeah. That's the whole reason. If they weren't Christians, it would be all over the place. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I do know, side point, when that happened with the Yazidis, there was a, a, um, a several, lots of people who obviously cared, not enough, but a lot of people internally to the agency who, man, they cared about that issue, and they went to bat, and they did some amazing stuff for it. Behind the scenes, no one's going to ever know about it. Um, but I saw some passion in a couple people that I didn't see on other issues before, and then that happens. Like, okay, there we go. That's the switch. There we Now we got it. Yeah, <laughs> a boy. Um, okay, so we've got the life expectancy of Azerbaijanis here, 66.87 years. Armenia, by the way, higher at 72 uh, and Turkey at 75, almost 76. So I'm, I'm just saying, 
If you're taking crude oil baths, <laughs> maybe that's because why you're almost 10 years less than Turkey. And I, I would, they also smoke a lot more cigarettes, I would imagine. Probably, probably so. So if you're, you know, smoking cigarettes and taking crude oil baths, yeah, it's going to diminish your life expectancy. Yes, I think I think so. I think so. I might change the question of the day now <laughs> just based on uh, everything that we saw and experienced there with that conversation. I didn't know that. I've learned a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that Alexis said. I mean, Alexis is Armenian, by the way, uh, that that she said uh, it's educational. And that's so good, guys. Challenge, challenge your brain. I, this is me saying it. Challenge your brain. Get out there. Learn about some new stuff. I've... I've uh, I could go on a side tangent here, but I think it's I think it's important that you know about other countries, you know, about regions, you know what that region is called. You, you, there's 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 just so much out there that we're lacking on as a country. And some of you in the audience, I know you're super smart. I know your IQ is eight thousand and six, which is higher than the rating even goes. But you're you're just that smart. I get it. I get it. But you've you've got to you've got to expand your reach a little bit and get into some other areas and stories like this. Unfortunately, we're talking about it for the wrong reasons. But it's a good it's a good reminder to dive into some other stuff and 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 understand things. There's stuff going on in Argentina right now with the election. Understand what's going on with that. Understand why that's happening there, and then also on a global perspective. You guys have got that one down. I know that. But anywho, all that to say, um, check out Alexis Wilkins' music. Follow her on all the different platforms. You'll be glad she did. You did. Um, she's awesome. We're so grateful that she came on. Let's um, let's speed ahead. We're going to actually take our break a smidge early. Before we do, though, we're going to do the adjusted question of the day, which is simply this. Would you take a bath in crude oil? Would you, would you submerse yourself in a pool of black, tarry, oil they say it's healthy in azerbaijan they've also got a, a life expectancy that's lower than other countries in the region but they say it's healthy would you do it let us know again question is would you submerge yourself or take a bath in crude oil how or why this is the question of the day i don't know at this point i don't know what's happening in general but i do know i've just asked the question so send your responses in we will share our responses with you as well we got a ton to get to when we get right back after this quick break Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets dial 833 the number two usa gold yes call now 833-287-2465 this invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your ira or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences 
Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. My business partner, Jim, and I uh, started Thistle Creek Reserve because we wanted to bring glory to God. We want to be Christ-centered seven days a week, 365 days a year. Our coffee is produced all around the world, some from Papua New Guinea, South America, and Guatemala, Brazil, for example. Beyond the Cup is it's our life motto. It's our way to give back, and it's, for us, our charitable partners. Uh, we partner with the Tim Tebow uh, Akoa Philippi project to help rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Uh, we partner with Seamark Ranch, a uh, foster care community to help show the love of Christ to children uh, who've really just been abandoned by their families. One of the things that we do is we go back and we support the missionaries that we help get our coffee from so that they can build churches and uh, schools and hospitals and dig wells so that everybody has fresh and clean water. We stand on core conservative Christian values, and we will never shy away from that. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our friends that are across the aisle. We love them all, we wanna serve good coffee to them all, and we want them to know that there's somebody who might not think like they do, but's willing to love them anyway and have a conversation with them. the stuff that happens on breaks here um <clears throat> okay so the question of the day was a was a audible last minute change switch to would you submerse yourself in a crude oil bath like they apparently do in azerbaijan would you do it would you jump in to a big vat of dark oil let's get some answers here um, I'll pass on that, says Jill. Someone's talking about Turkish delights, which are amazing, by the way. Amazing. 
What's this video of? This is the crude oil bath. From where though? Where's this? Azerbaijan. Okay. All right, let's play it. I mean, maybe we'll get dinged for it, but let's play it. We could talk over it, so we're not. Yeah, just let's just talk over it as we get there. Oh, that's a lot of. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's a big tub of it. It you it looks like Hershey's chocolate syrup. See, that's a problem too. That's something to consider. Are you going to get tricked as the the fumes? confuse you into thinking that maybe you're in a bath full of chocolate syrup right and and then you start <laughs> lapping it up and then you're in real trouble like the fat kid from Willy Wonka that fell into the chocolate stream <laughs> yes Augustus uh, Augustus no by the way the new movie that's coming out which is the the making of or the the, the Wonka before he was Willy Wonka Actually looks freaking adorable. Looking forward to taking the kids to it. Actually, I probably won't take them to it. Well, we maybe we will. Maybe I'll be generous. Look at this. You scrape off the oil once you're done. I just, I don't. Okay, so let's get to the answers. <laughs> Debbie says no crude oil for me. Barb, not a chance. Only if it would save me from a swarm of killer bees. Mm. Okay. No, and certainly would not light a cigarette while sitting there either. HMMWV driver wouldn't. I used to work in an oil refinery, been there, done that. Andy's a veteran of Ooh. dipping himself in crude oil. Carolyn says no. I'd take a, take a dip in coconut oil, but 30 weight would require <laughs> money. Cat um, <sighs> says no. What are you going with, Tom? I, you know, I mean, if I was back in uh, Baku, Baku, had a couple of drinks in me, yeah, you could probably talk me into sliding into a a tub of Texas tea. Okay, so you're... <laughs> I'm going to go with the yes. You're going with the yes, yeah. but with with some other lubrication. Yeah, it's the same thing like when I was in the Philippines. I, you know, I tried Balut, which is disgusting, I'm always up for what anything. is that? I don't know what that is. It's the uh, the fermented undeveloped duck embryo that they sell the street vendors sell. Okay, it just it smells terrible. It's it's really gross, but it's a delicacy after you've been drinking all night and singing karaoke. What's not a delicacy? I mean, <laughs> you can sell anything as a delicacy after drinking and, and a night of karaoke. We should do this. Should we? Should we? Um, <clears throat> I, I got to go no. Here, here's part of the reason, too. I, I, my sense is, is this would clog, not help your pores, that this would <laughs> hurt your internal organs, not help them. It's, again, reminder, it's crude oil. Just because an Azerbaijani does it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> that should be a T-shirt somewhere. But I don't like, I don't like not seeing beneath the surface. Whether you're in a tub or you're at a men's bathhouse, which has got its own list of problems for me, <laughs> but if you're getting into a big vat of crude oil, I just I don't like it. I don't like not knowing what's beneath the surface. Not fair enough. I don't even like sleeping with my toes outside of the end of the blanket, for Pete's sakes. How do you feel about swimming at night in black water? It's not my favorite. No. <laughs> it's not my favorite. Because I know how you are during the day, so at night it's got to be a little bit different for you. What do you mean? During the day, what do you mean? 
Well, you're always like sharks. I, I oh, prefer yeah. not to be in the water. Oh, no, I know. I, 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 I do want to see them approaching, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, no, the, the, the night swim, it's it's a next level of, of – I don't want to say terror because I'll do it, but I'm thinking way more about it than than I should be. I, I, I don't like not knowing what's in there, especially in the ocean, especially in the right. – crude oil, one thing. Probably not safe, probably not going to do it. Unless it's for a work-related type thing and I have to do it, I don't really want to get in the ocean at night either. That's just not that's not my cup of tea. Right. No. Uh, there, you, there's very few things that I won't try, but one of them definitely for sure, and I've thought about it and I've been invited to do it, and each time I've said no is cave diving. I just there, – there's nothing about that. Hell no. That appeals to me. No. <laughs> not – no. Not even – yeah, that's – it's such a bad – that and I don't – well – I would do the, the what I'm about to say over cave diving, but even the free diving, like if you've seen that free diving thing on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Like most, a lot of the time, these jokers pass out on the way up and are getting held up like this as they're coming out. Like, no, I like to make better decisions. Go, I mean, it makes me feel like I'm making better decisions with some of the bad decisions that I make. Just make better decisions. Um, HMM WV driver. Does Drew know what an HMM WV is? I don't. I don't know what it is. Please do tell. I don't. I don't know. Um, H A H A H M M W V. Hopefully, this isn't something that Tom would put in the internet and is going to get us in, in trouble. I don't think it is. No. Thunder Thunder says, not a chance. Why would anyone do this, especially when the oil is supposed to be toxic? Exactly. That's my thought. <laughs> Any Anyone can do a bunch of things and be like, no, it's, this is good for you. Right. <laughs> says who? And even these days, you can't trust who says who. But we're going to newsflash. We're going to talk about the vax later. I'm not going to make any comments on it now because we're on YouTube and Facebook and some other platforms right now that don't like conversations about about that kind of stuff. But. We're going to talk about it later. If you're on Rumble on either Red Voice Media or my Rumble page or or some other Rumble page, if it's playing out there, that you can stay right where you are. It's going to be here. But there's people who would tell you that's good for you, and and I'll comment on that later. If you told Chinese people, Chinese men, that if they were to get into a, a crude oil bath, that that would help their erectile dysfunction, they would be all over it. They would be drinking it. We've talked about this before. If you anywhere on the planet where a species is endangered, it all has to do with Chinese looking for ED meds. <laughs> it does. I, I swear. If, if people like down here, they talk about the uh, the Python problem that we have in the Everglades. If somebody were to put out a story that Python blood or Python meat will solve erectile dysfunction, the Chinese would swoop in and murder every single python in the Everglades. It's like that all over the world. Oh, my gosh. This guy, I, I'm, I'm distracted by what you said because of how crazy it is, but I also... These are the kind of things when, when you say it and you're that steadfast in your commitment to the statement that I actually believe you. These jokers are diving into a swamp hole no do you have that pulled in yeah play this is there audio you're not here um just play it if there's audio we'll 
Listen, if there's not, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> is it or is this like a bog in <laughs> Russia somewhere? <laughs> Where are, these, where are they going? Hey, so, but, <laughs> notice the first one hasn't shown back up yet. Yeah. No, and I, in fact, none of them have. <laughs> They've all vanished. I, Disco asks, "Would I do?" No, I would not do that. That is not something that interests me. I would have a lot of questions about that. Yeah. No, I. Okay, let's move on. We had some great answers. We've gotten way off topic, and that's okay. It's all right. It's Monday. It's just kind of what we do uh, uh, around these parts here. High-mobility, multi-purpose wheeled vehicle. High-mobility, multi-purpose wheeled vehicle. So what would be an example of that? The uh, well, Have you seen the, the Sherpa? No. That Russian crazy looking four-wheel drive truck thing's amazing you can like drive it in water and it like you know sits above it's got these giant tires on it and like the front window it opens up and you get in the cockpit that way and it's mm. got like a cargo like carrier in the back yeah okay <laughs> driver comes back or high maintenance money wasting vehicle but worth every penny okay all right well i mean you learn something new every day you just do uh, real quick, this second hour brought to you commercial-free by The Wellness Company. We're living in times where being prepared is not just a convenience, it is a necessity. Whether it's geopolitical instability, there's lots of that. Threats of war, also lots of that. Check that box, too. Or just the <coughs> excuse me, increasing occurrence of natural disasters and sickness. You can never be too prepared. And let's face it, folks, our government hasn't been doing a great job in ensuring our safety. So it's up to us to take matters into our own hands. I think everyone has learned that by now. That's why I'm super excited to share with you this emergency kit from our friends at The Wellness Company. High-quality, well-known, renowned doctors are behind it. You get top-quality products in there. You get ivermectin, antibiotics, all sorts of stuff that hopefully you never need. But when you do need it and you have trouble getting it, you, you wish you had it, right? So you can get all of this. It's got eight products in there, stuff that's hard to get. You do a online telemedicine appointment with them super easy cost effective they send you this stuff and then you've just got it you've got it at your house you've got it in your reserves god forbid you ever need it but it's there if you do again ivermectin something that you're gonna have a lot of trouble getting a regular old doc to give you is in there you've got antibiotics and there are tons of reasons to get it go check it out you can go to rvmemergencykit.com again that's rvmemergencykit.com you're going to be so happy that you have this, folks. Get it. We've got one. I know you need one. So just get it. It, it covers, it's enough meds for one person. So if you've got a, a large crew like I do, get more than one. Get more than one, but at least have one on hand. It's rvmemergencykit.com. Stay safe. Stay prepared. Okay. Let's, um, let's, let's button this up real quick. So this is, no, no let's go to that. This is, this, this is the Sherpa. This is the Sherpa. Yeah. <clears throat> this thing is bananas, man. This thing can go anywhere. It reminded me of the. Does it uh, have a cassette player? I, I think a CD player, optional. Optional. Okay. Yeah. 
But it reminded me of the uh, that that bog that those Russian dudes were in that they dove into because there's videos online of this thing driving through these bogs, of it driving through ice and ice breaking in the water and it, and the thing going down. Like, Does it float too? Yeah. So it's like a duck boat. It's like a duck boat it, tour, but it's tactical. Yeah. Or more rugged. It's more rugged. It's like if you're, you know, when they um, they've got those uh, woolly mammoth tusks that they go after. And like in these remote places in Siberia. That's something that we need on on the shelves somewhere. Well, Keep can going. you send me to Siberia and I'll bring back a woolly mammoth tusk? <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into the budget. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, you would you would pilot. You well, first of all, you would take a boat to one of these sites, and then you yeah. would hop on one of these things and, and drive to the dig site. Sherpa. Okay. See, again, we learned a lot today. Okay, so we've talked a lot of international news. We've talked some country music with Alexis Wilkins. Definitely got to have her back. We'll, we'll, we'll do all of that, but we've now got to get into some news that's happening here in our country. This is the News Cruise. So last week after failed attempts to get Jim Jordan in as Speaker of the House. It just didn't go well. It didn't go well. You had Matt Gates who came out and uh, on the, the third failed attempt said this on the steps of Capitol Hill, uh, basically as a preview, talking about how he and the, the eight were willing to be censured, expelled, any of those things, whatever it takes basically to get Jordan in. Take a listen. Jordan have no goals, have no asks, have no objectives other than to see the eight of us suffer some consequence for having removed McCarthy. So we've made them an offer. The eight of us have said that we are willing to accept censure, sanction, suspension, removal from the Republican conference. We, of course, will remain Republicans. We will continue to vote with Republicans on Republican principles. But if what these holdouts need is a pound of our flesh, we're willing to give it to them in order to see them elect Jim Jordan for speaker. All on fire and somebody's colleagues. So, okay, so that was, that was Friday. By the way, all you freaking representatives jacked up my Friday because I had recorded something for Mammoth Jim wasn't going to run, and then you, you screwed it up and ran, even though you knew he wasn't going to win, and I had to redo it. So you guys can suck a D. But, but <clears throat> it failed, right? Jim, Jim would have been great in that spot by all, all accounts, likely. As I've said, he would have to prove himself, but there was, there was, he, he would have been given that opportunity to do so. Wasn't going to work out. Didn't work out. So you've got this, this scenario. There's people, too, by the way, talking about, do you think Matt Gates would be a good speaker? It's like, guys, who, that's not the question. That is not the question. Why do we ask all the wrong questions in this country? You can say yes. You can say no. You can have whatever opinion you want. The question is, can Matt Gates win the nomination for speaker? Can Jim Jordan win it? People are, oh, Trump should be the speaker. Guys, they're not going to elect him. Would Trump be a great speaker? Yeah, I think he probably would. I think, and if nothing else, even if he wouldn't be, it would be interesting as all get out. But he can't. He he couldn't win that. That's that that is that's definitely not happening. So you, you you've got this scenario where people are talking about. Well, what about this? What about that? This would be great. This would be great. Doesn't matter unless you're a Democrat and you and you can change the rules and and you control how all the the levers work. 
So now we're in this position where you're figuring it out and you've got Gates there saying, hey, we'll, we'll essentially quit. You can get rid of us. You can fire us. You can do whatever you want to us if that's what it takes for someone to be reasonable on the other side. The problem is, is you're making a reasonable claim. Actually, I don't know how reasonable it is because you shouldn't just give up like that. But I understand the point he's trying to make. But you're trying to reason with people, even people on our side who are not reasonable. It, it's that's it's like negotiating with terrorists, bro. You, it just doesn't work that way. So you fast forward into the weekend, and then Byron Donalds, who's been on the show way back when, early on his on in his career, um, has has put his 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 hat in the ring, his name in the in the the, the hat, whatever. I've I've butchered my my. <laughs> he's doing things with hats and names and and stuff like that. And this was him. You're a candidate now officially for speaker? I am a candidate officially. Uh, we put out a notice on our ex that telling the American people and my colleagues that I've thrown my hat in the ring to run for speaker of the house. Look, let's be very clear. Our house right now, we're having some issues. Uh, we can repair those issues, but it requires us to be unified, number one, go back to business and secure our border, actually fund this government responsibly, and then continue to lay out that conservative vision for the people who sent us here. That job can still be done. Um, I believe I am the leader that can get that job done. That's why I threw my hat in the ring to run for Speaker of the House. Okay, so what are our thoughts? I have mixed thoughts about Byron. One, I sort of like Byron. I've, when he first came up, I thought, okay, you know, this guy, he, he represents an area of Florida where I have family ties in. I thought that he was going to be a good representative for, for that section of South Florida. He has been. I, I think he's done a good job. There, nobody's perfect. And to expect somebody to be perfect is just a fool's errand. Right. And the fact that the thing that kind of like weirds me out a little bit about Byron is how all these dickheads in the Republican Party, like Dick Bacon and a few of the other ones are like, oh, yeah, Byron Donalds, you're the ones who are most. Is it Dick Bacon or Don Bacon? Are we just calling him Dick Bacon? Oh, no, you're right. It's Don Bacon. Okay. <laughs> Donnie Dick Bacon. How about that? <laughs> Donnie Dick Bacon. Okay. It, when, when I see people like Bacon and all these other losers who are actually Democrats disguised as Republicans because they had to run as Republicans just to get elected, but their, their, their agenda, it, it mirrors the Democrat Party, which is, I think, is what we're seeing now. It, the masks are off. We always talk about the masks being off to Democrats. The masks are off these Republicans who are actually Democrats but know that they can't get elected as Democrats because of the Republican strongholds that they come from. So with, with the, the blockage of Jim Jordan and th that, that we saw over the weekend and how much they were in love with Kevin McCarthy and how much they hate the Freedom Caucus— now to see them rallying behind Byron is like, uh, I don't know about this. Because it's always, whenever Republicans put somebody up for Speaker of the House or any other position, it's always somebody that they have leverage over. Remember when Dick Cheney wanted Denny Hastert to be Speaker of the House? Yep. And then we found out that Denny Hastert, it, you know, w was blown teenagers when, when he was a, uh, a school teacher. It's all, they, they know this about all these dudes, and it's all like this Emmert guy from Minnesota, the one with the ties to Soros, they've got tons of leverage on that guy, and he seems to be the one leading the way right now.
because they know that he's done some dastardly shit in his past. And they can use that to hang over him to make sure the the, the Marxist agenda, you know, plows forward with, with, with no obstacles. So who, who, who can win? I think Byron has a good shot of winning because Republicans, the thing that they're more, especially rhinos, the one thing that they're more scared of anything is being called a racist. So I think you just throw down the race card and, and push Byron forward and, and they'll go along with it. Yeah. No, yeah. I guess they're questioning it. Oh, so you're unwilling to vote for a black person now. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I could still see, though. I mean, he's got some strong... I know there's some people out there. I've, look, I've criticized him. I, if you haven't noticed, we criticize everyone around these parts. <laughs> but uh, we also criticize ourselves uh, very hard on, on ourselves, too. But uh, I could see some people saying he's too conservative for, for the establishment's liking as well. I mean, he's, he's definitely gone along with them on some votes, but a lot of them he hasn't. He's been pretty damn good on, on most fronts. And to echo your point earlier that, that we make here a lot is... Look, no one's perfect. If, if, if you're somehow perfect judging all these people, like we'd love to have you on the show. I'd love to meet the first perfect person since Jesus. Um, but I know you're not. So uh, we actually won't have you on the show because be, you, you thinking that you are, it means that you're a douchebag and we don't want you here. But I, I, could see, I could see that scenario playing out where the race card helps him because that's how shallow and stupid our country is right now. But I could also see a situation where it's just he's not quite there. Because, again, you, you five, you, you can only have five Republican detractors. That's not very many. Right. That's not very many. So uh, to Andy's point earlier, and a lot of people have made this before, is just let it be speakerless. Then they can't do as much harm. And there's some truth to that. There's not complete truth in that because the Democrats will still get their way one way or the other. I mean, look, I mean, you look at what they've done with agencies and organizations and how they've done stuff. Now, granted, some of that's tucked in stuff, but they they always find a way. Our side doesn't. So, yes, it's nice that Congress can't do anything. They never do anyways. But I just don't know. And, and my, my concern is, is anyone that can win, going back to the question, who can win, right? If you're a strong America first conservative, I don't think you can win for that rule. Right. You can maybe win your seat back and, and, and be in D.C. And hopefully you're representing your people since most don't. But in terms of winning the speakership, I don't think anyone can win it except for someone we don't want to win it. That's the problem. You've, you've, it's either going to be an establishment type who might as well be a Democrat or Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. Well, if you look at the list of nine, I think it is, Byron and one other person, I can't remember his name, are the only two that have uh, high marks for following a conservative agenda. The rest of them are all failures. Like extreme failures, especially Emmert from from Minnesota. He's one of the worst. He's yeah. a he's a Democrat, and of course <laughs> he's leading the way with Republicans. They they love him the best. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. It's 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 going to be it's going to take some time. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just going to happen, and and you know, only three, four, five people will go against Donalds, and then he's in. And I think that'd be great. I think it'd be great. I really do think he'd be fine. I think Jim would have been fine. 
Jim would have been totally fine, and the fact that they hate Jim so much leads me to believe that he would have been one of the best speakers that ever. we've ever had yeah. before. Yeah. But, you know, the, if we left it, it the, the order of succession, and I know that, you know, it, let's face it, Biden Biden's out of gas, man. You know, Joe Rogan said it the best. He goes, the tank's empty, bro. He he just barely made it to the edge of the town. He's not getting back into the garage. Yeah. You know, it, it God forbid something happens to him and then it's Kamala. Something happens to both of them. The Speaker of the House then becomes the president. And if that's absent, it, it, it's even more chaos. And then if, if that per, if there isn't somebody there, guess who number four is? Who is number four right now? It would be Patty Murray. Who the hell's Patty Murray? That that Q-tip-looking person from uh, Washington State, the senator. Oh no! Yeah. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, our our bench is not deep. No matter which way you go down in the secession, or how far you you go down, I should say, it's not good. It's not good. I think we just put, um, what's her name? What's your favorite purple-haired friend? Oh, Rosa DeLora. Let's just put Rosa DeLora in. The president's not doing anything anyways, just to confuse the piss out of her enemies. They're going to take advantage of it at some point, but at least they'll pause and be like, hold up. What is going on? What is going on? It gives us a reprieve. I don't actually stand by anything I just said. I also don't stand by Mitch McConnell. I told you earlier, he made it through a statement without an interview, actually, in this case, without having a stroke. So good for him. Good for him. He was here talking about the axis of evil and how the U.S. shouldn't be involved. Well, take a listen, then we'll discuss. President Biden said he's going to hold Iran accountable. What do you think that means? I think the proof will be, what are we going to do to hold them accountable? And uh, that's... It's got to be credible. You, can, you can't, on the one hand, be negotiating with Iran on some kind of nuclear deal that you know they won't keep, and then turn around and uh, de- declare that you're going to get tougher with Iran. I think, number one, uh, quit talking to the Iranians about any kind of nuclear deal. Number two, don't give them the $6 billion. And number three, back up the Israelis in every conceivable way after this attack by Iran-sponsored Hamas. You de- you oppose all diplomacy with Iran? It's not a question of mm-hmm. whether you ever talk to them or not, but it's a question, what, what do you do? What do you do? And uh, clearly, the nuclear deal that the Obama administration agreed to and that the Biden administration tried to reconnect mm-hmm. uh, is, is not the way to go. There's an axis of evil in the world, China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. And we need to stand up to the axis of evil, not try to do business with them. Okay. We, we've chosen side. We've divided the world now. We've got the, we're back to the axis of evil thing, which look, I mean, there's a couple things Mitch is right about. Those those actors, those state actors he just mentioned are evil. They do wish for our demise. They hate us. The Iran nuclear deal was bad. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all he was right on. Yes. But I mean, again, you're 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 right that 
these people are concerning. Iran is awful, largest state sponsor of terror ever. Russia, we all know the history with Russia. We know who Russia is. We know who Putin is. We, it seems sometimes like we're supporting them or, or backing up Putin. No, no, no. I think Putin has balls. Big old Russian hairy bear, like covered in bear fur balls. <laughs> bear balls. <laughs> and, 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 and they're evil, but, they're, but they know who they are and they know what they want. China is playing the game so much better. No co, like whatever. Like, I mean, I, Kim Yo-jong's hot, his sister. He's crazy. He's a mess. But like, it's not, they're not, they're, are, they're a threat. They're a threat. But <laughs> there's the Kim Yo-jong song. <laughs> A threat to the level that the other three are by any stretch. If 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 things pop off in, in Israel, if things pop off in, in Russia, Ukraine, and we go to World War Three, they will be involved, no doubt, and, and you don't want them opposed to you. On their own, if they were standing on their own two feet, they're they're not as big of a threat. Other than they're a threat to start things, but they can't finish things. Anyways, all that to say, he says we shouldn't be doing business with these people, which in, that list included China. Mitch, everyone in D.C. is doing deals with China. Everyone is doing business with China. Uh, your wife is Chinese. I don't know all the deals about whether deals have been done with you or not, but I do know that you're a, an absolute shit show. Uh, I, but, but to say we shouldn't be doing decent, we shouldn't be working with, with China, like, yeah, we, I agree with you. The problem is you don't agree with you no. <laughs> and none of your colleagues do. You're all doing deals with China. We're getting our asses kicked by China. And it's actually not an ass kicking. It's like a dull, like flicking of the nutsack. Like you're like some someone down there. You can't quite see them. You're not quite sure who it is. It's China. Dude, China's flicking your nutsack. And those glancing blows are more devastating than a direct shot. A direct shot hurts. But just like the flick of it, it'll have you. It, it's that. It's the delay, and then all of a sudden, uh, and you're you're bent, you're doubled over. Yes, and that's what we're feeling with China. You're absolutely. And that description is 100 percent correct. It's kind of like, oh, that wasn't that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it is bad. It is bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, and and that's what's happening, and that's why they're they. That's why we always say they play the long game. They they're they're playing a hundred year game here, right? They look so far out into advance, and they're okay getting these minor little victories. Victories so minor, in fact, some of them big, but most of them so minor. Advancements so minor that no one knows they're happening. But they do. They absolutely do. And the rest, the rest of us are like, man, why are they making so much ground on us? Because we're not focused. We're distracted. We're stupid, mostly as a country. We're a great country, love this country to death, but we've got some dumb people we can all agree, and certainly the ones who are representing us are. And they they play this game so smartly. It's like a mosquito. You know, you, you, you're sitting outside, particularly at night, and I do this because I'll go home. Well, old schedule, like I've told you, I'll go home and would sit out back and smoke cigar and prep for the next day's show just to get ahead. And you you can feel some bug bites, but by the time you, like, move your phone flashlight or like lift my computer desk thing like it's gone right like is it there no it's not there 
and that's China. They're there, and then the next day you're like, crap, there's some welts. And then eventually your leg's just gone, which has never happened, I don't think, as much with mosquitoes. But you get the point. Like, it's just, it just builds and builds and builds, and, and you don't see it happening until it's too late. And I'm telling you, this, this is interesting. I don't want to sound um, overdramatic ab about the situation in the Middle East as it pertains to China and, and their six warships and some of the other uh, members of their fleet that are there now. If, if they choose or chose to put them in the region because of relationships with some of the, our opponents, Israel's opponents in the region, and, and to put them there, like, in case this pops off, we want to already be here for when it pops off because we know what side we're on. And by the way, it's not your side. <laughs> that should scare the living piss out of everyone. I'm not saying it's what it is. There's, there's discussion that it's routine this was part of the plan, and this was just a, a, a patrol or something that they that they do season, seasonally. <laughs> Guys, nah. I mean, just look at where things are. Again, that could be that it, two things can be true at once. They were here. They were in Musket for this region, re, reason, and now they're here for this reason. It just happens to be that it, at times of – okay, but you can change, you can pivot, you can do anything. It, to me, it's a show of force, and it's, a, it's an escalation, and, and it's a point of, that's being made that's, hey, if, if something doesn't go well the way that, that we don't want to go, something that we don't like, us, Russia, Iran, we're here. We're going to do our thing. Russia's big, you know, big with Iran, but also big with Syria, who's right there where attacks are happening on U.S. forces. By the way, new reports out that Iran-backed militias are going to ramp those up even more. We'll see if it happens or not. But you've got all of them there. And then you've got the U.S. and you've got Israel and you've got some of our other partners, obviously, who are, who are in the air. But it, it, it's, just, it's very... I mean, if you're not concerned about this, you're not paying attention. Absolutely. And if you think that it's just a coincidence that the Chinese Navy is there, you probably believe that COVID came from a wet market. You probably believe that Oswald acted by himself. And, you know, you probably believe that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, the list goes down the line. I, the, our government has lied to us so much for so long that no matter what they say, I, I, I believe the opposite. Right. So if they're telling me they're, oh, it's just a coincidence that, you know, the Chinese Navy was just on patrol and they do this, you know, every six months or so, it's like, okay, now that's a lie because you're, that's the narrative that you want. Right. So I think that you're right that China is coming in there as a flex against the United States to say, look, we're the world leader. These assholes over here, they used to matter. They don't matter anymore. We're the one calling the shots now because over the years we've made them our bitch. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I think so too. I wish it wasn't true, but I, but I, I think so too. And now again, we sound like a Dr. Seuss book. Um, all right, real quick. <laughs> Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> I just kept rhyming. Uh, you know, lots of. 
You know, a buddy of mine, I'm sorry, this is a weird tangent, but a buddy of mine used to be neighbors with Theodore Geisel, and he and his brother used to go over to Dr. Seuss's house when when he was, like, writing some of the, you know, like, Green Eggs and Ham and stuff, but just yeah. some of his books, and he would use my friend and his brother as, like, his test audience for some of his material. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Didn't know that. Yeah. I still love, I mean, I, and I, I say love, I hate the fact that there was Dr. Seuss books pulled out of libraries. I know. So We're, stupid. Dr. Seuss was pulled out of libraries because it was it was it was over the top. And when we pushed back at school board meetings to have gay porn taken out. <laughs> yeah. We're called bigots and You want to ban books? <laughs> God, you Puritan scum. It's so ridiculous. Uh, folks, whichever platform you're on, hit that like button, please. Make sure you are subscribed there. If you're on my Rumble, please hit it's the plus sign. If you're on uh, the desk, your desktop, your computer, it's the boxing glove uh, looking thing if you're on the app. Same goes if you're over on Red Voice Media. If you're on the RVM network, so glad you're here. Please hit that like button. Make sure you're following us and, uh, on Red Voice Media, on Rumble, wherever you're watching get or rumble you name it make sure you hit that positive button make sure you are subscribed uh so you never miss an episode you never miss a live stream again rvm network is live from 9 a.m to 9 p.m each day so with a replay happening right after that so please check that out please make sure that you're set for that now let's talk about the patron saint of my birth state of minnesota <laughs> where i'll be again in a few weeks by the way reminder you'll be You'll be, you'll actually no. That's true. I, uh, yeah, I think one day you'll be here in this chair. Are you ready? I think so. It's been a while since I, you know, had to had to come in out of the bullpen and. and you'll do great. You always do. Great. <laughs> you'll do great. Um, but <clears throat> the patron saint George Floyd, we haven't talked about him for a while. Do we have uh, any Sarah McLaughlin music that we can play as we talk about him? Maybe just put his dead body in the street. Um, but obviously lots of contentious debate over his death. And we showed clip after clip. We talked about it. And, and I, I want to be careful here because I, I do value the channels and the audiences that we have on other platforms. So I, I don't want to lose them all in one fell swoop. But we, we told you from the very get-go that it, it didn't look like the way the media portrayed it. It also it still was a bad day. It's, it's like January 6th. A lot of things can be true at once, right? Bad day for America, yes. Darkest day in history, as, as the left would call it, no. An insurrection, no. But a bad day, yes. Did, did some good people do stupid things? Yes. Did some bad people make it look like it was a bunch of good people doing stupid things? Yes. Yeah. There's, there's so many things that, that were and, and are to this day true. Same thing here. Is Look, I don't know Derek Chauvin. Is he a great guy? Don't know. Really don't care. Did he do everything perfect? Maybe, maybe not. But did he kill George Floyd? I don't think so. I don't think so. Didn't think so back then. Again, wasn't standing up for him. Wasn't doing anything based on race. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with the fact that first and foremost, what, what no one ever wanted to talk about before they put murals of him on, on walls and street signs and all sorts of stuff is that this guy was an absolute scumbag. Career criminal, violent person awful person, drug addict, 
Now, do we want all drug addicts and awful persons, people just to die? Some of them, but not all of them necessarily. You always would love for someone to get their shit together and fix things. But he was an awful person, and everyone celebrates him like he was this great person. He was. He was an awful person who did awful things to other people. But you saw on the video that was released, one, that the pressure wasn't as great as would be required for what happened that day. But two, you saw him ram a handful of fentanyl into his system. Well, you've got the the autopsy. As as more and more stuff comes out, you've got the autopsy that's come out. And it's it's important to point out, as you talked about, George Floyd reaching in to his cup holder, pulling it out, and popping it into his mouth. The only time that you see that is on the body cam video of the first officer that approached him on the driver's side of the car. That video was hidden and kept from the public by Keith Ellison, until it was time to go to court. And then once it was released, I saw it, you saw it, a lot of people saw it, but the media, the narrative had already been put forward, and the media was not going to talk about what did he scoop out of there and throw in his mouth. Exactly. No, it had been established. We can't, well, we can't depart from it now. Cities burned for this. there's, there's, There's still ripple effects of all this. There's still companies that are leaving cities, not just Minneapolis, but cities in general. Target has, has lost locations in Minneapolis where they're founded, where, where their headquarters is. Because of all that came out of, of this, and it, it expanded beyond that, yes, but it ignited the BLM movement, which of course has done nothing for black communities. It's just a Marxist terrorist group who's a complete sham in terms of their finances. But it, it, it has destroyed cities' lives, people injured, people's businesses who had nothing to do with this burned to the ground. And you could see it in that video. And, and I remember when, I'll never forget when that video came out, talking about it and, and, and the heat that people would, would get for bringing it up. It's like, it's right there on video. Hate Derek Chauvin all you want. I don't, I could, I, again, I, I have some comments on him and his, his sentence that we'll get to here in a second, but... This is not about Derek Chauvin per se. It is because he's part of it, but it's about what what have we what do we know about this guy? What was he doing? Why did this whole scene unfold in the first place? And then what did he just throw in his mouth? You saw it there. And then you fast forward to with that video which was held which could have quelled things somewhat. You, it's hard to quell a mob these days, no matter what you tell them. Especially when we have hands up, don't shoot, which we know to be a lie. Right. But still, pe- people talk about it and use it as a chant like it actually happened. Yeah, exactly. But but once it started, it's that that's what's so ridiculous. And it's really the bigger issue with our population and our country. And, and just think, it's not just our country, across the planet is... Once it's once it's got traction and it's got legs, you could be like, oh, never mind. Here's the evidence right here that you know refutes everything we've been told. Hit the timeout button. We're done. We're going to go a different direction. You, the mob doesn't listen. No, and the perfect example of that was Donald Trump and the misquote that we hear all the time when he says there are there are good people on both sides, and the media and all left wingers everywhere. 
attribute that to him saying that the people with the tiki torches were good people on both sides. That wasn't what he was talking about. He was talking about a Confederate statue, I believe it was Robert E. Lee, and the controversy that was going on between the two sides. And he was saying that they're good people on both sides of the Confederate statue controversy. Yeah. Yeah. That's how shit gets taken out of text and becomes the mainstream narrative. Thank, you know, thank the media for that. That's what they do. Yeah. That's why when Donald Trump said that the media are the enemy of the people, he's absolutely right. They're the propagandist arm of this Marxist movement. They are. Well, and what's our biggest issue in this country? I know there's not time to talk about all versions, but really, I would argue the biggest issue we're facing is, is not any of the stuff that affects our daily lives. Well, this affects our daily lives, too. I'm, I'm talking in circles here, but it's not necessarily the economy or the border. All those things are absolutely critical. They're atrocious. They're as bad as they've been. But it's the division. It's, the, it's cutting through the lies and the division that has been sowed in this country. There's so much hate here. And who pushes that? The left. The left. Yes. The media. So to me, they are the, they are the enemy of the people. They are enemy number one because they push this because they could. They could report honestly on the border and say it's wide ass open. CBP officers are being told to forego their oaths and just let people in. And by the way, people from on terrorists, terrorists, people on blah, 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 you know, just go 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 down all the pitfalls of that thing. They could say yes, the the, the Democrats actually have changed the definition of recession, but we we have been slash were in a recession and the economy is awful. And oh, we needed the energy reserve. We needed all these things instead. When you bring it up, they chide you and they call you, me, all of us, all of these names and further divide us. Nope, you're crazy. Nope, George didn't take those pills that you saw him, him take on camera. <laughs> Derek Chauvin, by putting his, his knee in the, the upper part of uh, George's shoulder is what killed him. Yeah. There's more of a compelling case, and it's obvious, of the officers beating that dude to death in Memphis. 100%. Than whatever. That, and that was vile. If you, But that one went away because right. it didn't fit a narrative. Didn't fit a narrative. Well, they were all black officers. It was, it, yeah, absolutely. It didn't fit the narrative at all. But that was atrocious. That's like the uh, scene you would see in a movie that makes you uncomfortable. And it should have made you uncomfortable because it was, it was awful. But anyways, this 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 autopsy comes out here, and you can just see a couple key points. The main one up top: no life-threatening injuries identified. That's interesting. Yeah, weird. And then you see the blood and uh, psychoactive substance screens below, and you see a shit ton of fentanyl, fentanyl and norfentanyl. Eleven nanograms. You guys, that's what happens when you're trying to hide drugs during an arrest. And you just throw all of it. It's different, George, just, I know you're dead, but it's different flushing them down the toilet to try and get rid of it, which, which cops expect and see happen all the time, and flushing it down your throat. You, you take a handful and, and, and put it down your throat. It's going to kill you, and that's what happened. And then you add stress into the situation, too. No doubt he was stressed. No doubt he was scared, all those things. 
And, you know, kneeling on somebody who's ODing is not going to help the situation. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. Yeah. But but who knows if, if he saw that. Again, this is not a defense See, of Derek I, Chauvin, but who knows if he saw that or not. Yeah, I don't – because the body cam footage, I think like, – correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Derek Chauvin was a field training officer and had a rookie with him, and the rookie initially is the one who contacted George Floyd, and he was the one at the door – it was his body cam footage when he was trying to get control of George when he took the fentanyl. So I can see him not seeing that. I could see Der- I could see all of them not seeing that because especially for somebody who's a rookie and haven't been out on the street that long right. to pick up on something like that. Right, you've got tunnel vision in that it- – High right. stress, yeah. Because in most situations, it, you know, pretty much every officer that I've ever seen before, if they see someone throw something in their mouth, the first thing they do is they grab on to the person's throat and try and get him to spit it out because they don't want what happened to George to happen. They don't want that person ODing on them. Yeah. And plus they're destroying evidence. Because after that, if, if somebody takes like a bunch of crack or fentanyl and eat it, you got to get him to the hospital. So that's why I don't think that anyone saw george do that right i don't think so either which is because yeah look it's comedy various a lot of things went wrong that day a lot of things not known but 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 what we did know is that george took a colossal shit ton of fentanyl and george was an absolute douchebag of a human being yes and all of this could have been avoided if if those things were 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 different and they just weren't and they just they just weren't and, and here's the problem. So much of this happens is you see this happen when, when it all went down. We're years removed from it. You see it go down. You bring it up. You're labeled a conspiracy theorist. This you're, doesn't happen if George doesn't try and pass a counterfeit $20 bill. Right. Do the right. Just do the right thing. Be a better freaking human being. It doesn't have to go down this way. I mean, it does because some of these people are so broken. George chief among them. But man. It just, uh, that's the issue. Everyone always wants to make a, a certain aspect of something the issue. It's like, how about we just break this down a little differently? Why did this happen? Because George Floyd is a loser who is, who is absolutely broken. And you can, you can split from there and say, okay, let's figure out a way to help him. Okay, cool. Or let's shame him or let's do whatever. But let's all agree he's an absolute mess. And it started because he is an absolute mess and because we have people like him in society, in our communities, who are a mess. It, it, it's, it's not, you can't, you, you can't make it so simple as, oh, Chauvin shouldn't have done that. Now we need to look at all techniques, tactics, and procedures and how law enforcement handles such. No, stop it. Just stop it. That, that we've got to just do better. We got to be smarter, man. We're a dumbasses. But my, what I was starting to say, I, I forgot what I was starting to say. This is you bring that up in the heat of the moment. You're called a conspiracy theorist. You're called a loon. You're called an extremist. You're called all these things. And then you fast forward. It always goes down this way where more evidence comes out. Evidence that we all pointed out at the time, like, oh, you should have seen that. Did you catch that part? Oh, oh, oh right there yeah and then no shut up shut up tom and then years later they're like well if you look right here yeah called that one where you were pointing it actually proves this but we're not going to give you any kind of uh reprieve or apology for calling you all the things we called you in fact we're going to move on and pretend you never said any of those things or we're just going to ignore it 
Yeah. It, and 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 that's so frustrating. It, it's it? like the whole wet market thing. And us calling bullshit on that from the very beginning. This didn't come from a wet market. It, you have the Wuhan virology lab in Wuhan. Right. <laughs> it's not it, a virus is, is coming from there, not this wet market. Yeah. Exactly. Bat soup. Give me a break. But you know what? They came up with bat soup. Fauci came up with the bat soup because all the, the you know him funding the bat woman, Doctor Bat, or whoever it was. So when is, so, there, is someone really called Doctor Bat? Well, she's referred to as the Bat Woman okay. because the 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 coronavirus that was released was from a bat cave like 500 miles south of Wuhan that the these scientists go to and they scoop out all these bats mm. and take blood from them or whatever and then create these, you know, do the gain-of-function research back at the Wuhan Institute where they're like, it's not gain-of-function research. What we're doing... It's not gain-of-function research. <laughs> what the Chinese are doing is they're they're manipulating the virus. But it's not gain of function because we don't call it that. It's the semantics game. It's semantics. All it is. Um, folks on YouTube, I just put the link in there um, in a little bit here. In about five minutes, in fact, we're going to be heading just over to Rumble because of the content that we're going to be discussing in the third hour, which has to do with COVID, the vaccine, all of that. So. Please follow us over there. Um, we're going to have an interesting uh, discussion with Taryn Gregson, who's another host on the RVM Network, about a new documentary, Shot Dead, that comes out next month on COVID, on the vaccine. So many things we're going to get into there that just would not work uh, on legacy social media. So the link is there on, um, on, on YouTube. I'll try and get it into Facebook as well. Um, but just so you know, that's, that's there. I want to touch on this, though, because we were just talking George Floyd, Minneapolis, all of that, bunch of nonsense. This, this, was, this was also in Minneapolis, somewhere I'm going to be in a few weeks. Again, I, I, Lord knows what I'm going to see there. So, I mean, now, now when I go on the boys' trip with my brothers each year, it becomes increasingly interesting each year because we get rid of law enforcement. <laughs> we add the call to prayer. <laughs> Right. And then you've got scenes like this where you've got pro-Palestine uh, supporters going nuts in the city of Minneapolis. You're going to Mogadishu for a essentially, game. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. To, I'm going to yeah. This the the car market. Yeah. We've we've moved the stadium right to the Bakar market. Here was uh, Minneapolis this weekend.
was that a quad that was going along? I don't the... know if it was a quad or one of those those um, what are they called? Slingshot. Yeah, well, not even that. But what's the what's the like the three wheel spider? Yeah, spider. Spider. It may be one of the. I don't know. I I'd have to look at it again. Um, I do know that you're you're looked down upon in the community if you're riding one of those. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, in the biker community uh, anymore. I never was actually. I never rode a bike. But uh, I crashed Shafi's motorcycle in Afghanistan. But that's that's neither here nor there. Anyways, that was Minneapolis. So this guy eventually gets drug out. He gets pepper sprayed. All sorts of stuff happens. And you're seeing these protests pop up all over the country, and it's so damn frustrating to see. It's not surprising. It's sad. It's depressing. It's it's all of those things. And then you hear these shit-lib white chicks in the background yelling out the guy's plate number. Yeah. These are the same dumb motherfuckers who want to defund the police but get his license plate to give to the police. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. Well, what, what's interesting, what I want to know, I want to break this down. I mean, we don't have the data right now, so uh, I'm teasing this, and then we're just, just going to move on and go to break and just leave everyone angry. But <laughs> but I want to I know what the percentages of these people in these protests are that are actually Palestinian, that actually care. You can see this joker here who was running. He was really out of breath in the one clip talking about uh, they were chasing. This is when the car went to pull down that way. But, but like, what percentage of them actually really do care about this? Because we've got such an outrage culture in our country where it's like, what's the protest about today? Who cares? Let's just go. Bro, it, our outrage culture is so extreme right now that you have what well, a lot of people consider normal, rational people throwing or now pro-genocide. Right. No, it just, do, it's ridiculous. You, well, and, and what percentage are paid to, right? Because you saw that with BLM and Antifa. Like, and, and not, and that's not speculation. There's geo, we've talked about it a lot. There's geofencing data, there's finance data, there's all of this stuff that proves that these people just pop up there. Like, they're like a touring band. Like, now, now we're going here. Like, we're going to go to Ferguson today. We're going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. These people didn't even know where Lancaster was before they were told to go there because there was a, a, a rave of a protest on the streets. But, I'm just, I, I just well, Cop City is a good example of all the 33 that got arrested. Four were from Georgia. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That, and that was that was a that was a very telling one right there for sure. Well, it's it's look. Here's the deal. I mean, it's it's depressing. It's it's frustrating. It's all those things. It's going to continue. Uh, I, I hope and pray that it doesn't, but I just fear that it's going to because you're seeing it pop up everywhere. And 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 just guys, as a as a final little warning on this too, keep your head on a swivel because everyone thinks, "Oh, this can't happen in my town." Yeah, it's going to be in Chicago and New York and Minneapolis and Los Angeles and Portland. Is Portland even a city still? Do, or do we still consider Oregon a part of the United States? I don't know this Portland you speak of exactly. I don't know, but keep your head on a swivel because it's it's crazy out there. And the one thing that you can do that's going to be most detrimental to your safety is assume that it's not going to happen to you, that it can't happen to you, that you won't find yourself in a situation like one of these protests. And I'm not talking about people coming to your home or your business. I'm just talking about pulling up on that kind of thing that that likely very kind. Most Minnesotans are so kind he didn't anticipate pulling. He didn't seek out that crowd. He pulled up and was like, oofta, like this isn't good. They're opening his door and pepper spraying an elderly man. Yeah. So 
be be cautious be smart it's getting it's getting a little terrifying out there it's terrifying on a lot of other fronts too particularly as it pertains to these these pandemics they they call them and some of the different diseases viruses and then the vaccines and all that stuff that's pushed on to us as a result of that we're going to talk about it here after the break my good friend a good friend of the show taryn gregson host on the rvm network taryn gretson Greg's an awesome person all around. Taryn Gregson's going to be with us. We're going to talk about this new documentary, Shot Dead, that's coming coming out next month in November. And we're going to talk about the issue more broadly speaking than that, too, because it's an important issue that for some reason, and it's documented in this awesome documentary, Shot Dead, that no one really pushes back against it. Well, Taryn is. Other people are, and, and kudos to her. So we're going to have that conversation. But if you're on YouTube and Facebook, you got to come over to Rumble. I shared the link with you. It's already, it's in your chat. You can find it. If you can't find it, just go to rumble.com forward slash Drew Berkowitz. Just go to rumble.com, search Drew Berkowitz, look for this ugly mug. You'll find it. We'll be there. Uh, But come on over because this is not a YouTube, Facebook, or any legacy media friendly conversation that we're going to have. But you're going to want to hear it. And you're going to want to hear some of the other periphery news that's happening around uh this particular story you're going to want to hear about this documentary because you're going to want to see it so all that's coming up we're going to have taryn gregson with us right on the other side of this break again youtube facebook come see us on rumble we'll see you after a quick break stick around Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids, you love God, you love this country, and you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books, They are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember... 
The land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. This one's on me, bud. Get more of Drew, and this is my show with Coin Club, exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show Challenge coin, an exclusive Friday morning show for Coin Club members only, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes, and other in-studio bonuses. Plus, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM network and no ads on written content on redvoicemedia.com. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. Go to dbcoinclub.com. Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. Current Drew Crew members need not apply. Military and first responder discounts are available on monthly or annual memberships. All members, regardless of subscription type, are automatically entered into sweepstakes. However, challenge coins are only issued to annual members. Learn more at dbcoinclub.com. And that's how Mike Pence got pink-eyed. Thank you, everybody. Have a good evening. All right, thank you, my friend. Tom Cunningham, everybody. Let's give him one more round of applause. Coming up next, we've got... We've got Disco. Welcome to the stage. Good evening, everybody. Let me... So you know what's great about that skit or whatnot? Well, that's a fun skit. We had a good time. Making 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 light of disco a little bit there. It was a good sport in that one. But you look at that, and that particular little section, if you will, used to look a little different. Yes. It used to be red brick. Now it looks like this. Now we got some red, we got Red Dawn, Top Gun, Rambo posters over there. It's the charcoal that fits with the rest of the set. By the way, Predator over, I'm just, we got some winds coming in out of the Northeast, um, but we got, we got some more stuff going on here. A lot of zhuzhing happening There's over here. There's a the lot weekend. of zhuzhing, <laughs> alligator head over here. <laughs> yes. It's great. It's great. You know what else is great? This conversation and this person who's coming on joining us now is good friend, host of Faithful Freedom, right here on RVM Network, all around great American, all around great person, Taryn Gregson. Taryn, it's so good to see you. I think we have Disco, do you ever muted? We're working on it, Taryn. We you can't hear you, you. But you look great. I'm so glad you're here. 
You know what was so funny about this segment? You kept warning people that we're going to be switching over because we're going to be, and it sounded like that you know we were going to be talking about like some taboo issue and some. And and Taryn is like the sweetest, most wholesome person, person on the planet. Yeah. I know, I know. It's like you're giving all these warnings. Yes, warning, warning. <laughs> Very normal, sweet Christian American woman coming on. I think my mic was. Oh, there we go. We've got Taryn there now. There we go. Okay, I was texting the. I was texting producers. I'm like, I think my mic was just not completely plugged in. All it good. Happened. All good. We're it, so glad you're happened. here. Thank you for for taking I'm, time out. You're you're a wife. You're a mother. You're a friend. You're a community leader. You're all those things, and you're taking some time with us on eight eight p.m. on on a Monday. So thank you. Absolutely. Hey, we need to get you a movie poster from our movie we to do. put up in your studio. You know what? We have so much wall space. We're trying to figure it out, Taryn. There's so much damn wall space all around here that we're figuring out that we need we need more. So I'll I'll help you decorate. Let's do it. Let's do it. You need you need to come just take a visit back here. You could make it a multi-purpose visit. There's plenty of people you can visit in the area. Uh, it'll be great. I but- I miss all you guys. Well, we miss you too. It's if, if we have to only just get you virtually like this, we'll take it. We'll take what we can get for now. Uh, but it is it is funny. I'm sure you can hear us talking like we're warning about this segment on legacy media and moved everyone over to Rumble because we've got this amazing person who's the kindest person ever coming on to talk about an issue that's very real. And yet we can't talk about it anywhere else, as you know very well. Well, I think I'm doing my job correctly then if I am talking about a subject that we can't talk about on legacy media. I think I'm doing my job. You absolutely are. Well, and you, I mean, you, you experienced it. You, didn't you lose your YouTube channel? Um, not yet, but I keep getting, I get strikes, strikes every time. Yeah. I, yeah. Every time I try to come back, I get a strike. I'm pretty much, you know, blacklisted on, on uh, Instagram. I get shadow banned on there and it's, hey, we all... God loves those who seek the truth for his kingdom. And that is exactly what we're trying to do. Amen. hundred percent. And you're so good about it. And I'm so darn proud of you for doing it. Um, it's it's because it, we, we really don't, I'll be honest. Like there's, there's a lot of times where we just don't go down those paths now when it comes to COVID and some of that stuff, we totally agree with everything you're, you're saying, but, but like there's times where it's like, Oh man, like there's a bunch of other stuff that we cover. How do we keep this? And it's a tricky spot to be in as a as a host and as someone who's in digital media like we all are like, how do we figure this out? And there's times where I totally will be the first to admit we get it wrong and and avoid some of these issues because we're trying to figure out how to work through all these stupid things, these shadow bans and all the crap that we've dealt with over the years. And you but you point being you just go hard to the hoop. You're like, screw you guys. We're just going to do it because here's the truth and you guys need to see it. And that's that's freaking awesome. Well, thanks. I mean, hey, once you get fired from what you thought was your dream job for standing up for the truth, you kind of just don't care anymore. You're <laughs> like, I'm I'm going to go after it. Um, I'm doing this for the kids. And, you know, I'm not running a media ne- network like you are. And I agree. You have to find that balance because you're covering subjects, other subjects outside of this that need to be heard and people need to, to see them. And so, you know, you have to find and strike that balance. But, you know, for me, and my situation and what I went through, I'm like, nah, I don't own a media network. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Well, and 
and and you're doing an awesome job yeah we were talking about armenia earlier we get into some topics that people most people are like what's armenia is that a soup no it's a country um and we talked about it earlier but let's talk about this now normally when you're here we talk about some other current events we talk about your show which everyone needs to check out faithful freedom on rvm network and then also on terrence platforms and we the patriots uh usa but we've got something different to discuss today because you and we the patriots have some exciting news We've got a documentary. You've got a documentary coming out. We have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Um, we just get to talk about it and, and praise Taryn and we the Patriots. But called Shot Dead. Let's watch the trailer together real quick for the audience, and then we'll discuss it. Take, take a look. I would hope that family members who are responsible for the children will realize that and will be enthusiastic about getting their children vaccinated. We are vaccinated. recommending COVID-19 vaccination. COVID-19 vaccination is safe and They kept pushing that it was safe and effective and do it for grandma and grandpa and it can help keep you and your family safe from severe illness or death it was 112 days from the day she got the shot to the day she died was 112 days a little over three months for your neighborhood for your country it sounds corny but it's a patriotic thing to do for those 11 hours she was alive it was it was terrible it was absolutely terrible so I took him to take the first shot. Uh, five days later, my neighbor, she called me, Mr. Can I take the boys to eat and play basketball? She took him to the park. They got off the truck and took off running across the parking lot, and he collapsed. Tonight is about a celebration for Trista, missing her, loving her, but at the same time, we want to fight what killed her. But these people need to be stopped. I don't understand how everybody is just sitting back and letting them do this. In the battle on the field, there is evil on the move. But I hope that you can feel that I will always fight for you. So awesome, awesome trailer, looks great. I want to talk about it, but <laughs> real quick, you, I, I said earlier, you're a mother, you're a host, you're a homesteader, you do all sorts of stuff. Did you just feel like you needed to add something else to your plate? Like, did you feel like it was empty? <laughs> I have felt like a crazy person over the last week and a half as we are finishing the final editing uh, processes here for the film because this is due for us um, to the to the cinema for the premiere on November 9th in just a few days here. So we are in the last bits of this editing crunch, and it has just been it's been a lot. And but you know I'm humbled to do this. I'm humbled to have a very small team working with me on this. And you know the news that came out this weekend about these pharmaceutical companies opening themselves up to liability by having a contaminated bioactive ingredient in this and not letting the regulators know about it. And, you know, like I said, opening them up to possible litigation, that really helped fuel us today, especially when we were grinding on finishing this film, because we're following three families that lost their children to yeah. this shot. Parents that have kids that are dead, babies that have been, that have died from this shot teenagers that have died from this shot. 
And, you know, we, this has just really helped push us to the final ending point and the final, uh, you know, finishing line here for this film to know that these families might actually be able to seek justice for the loss of their children. I lost my job to all of the nonsense that happened. That is absolutely nothing compared to losing a kid. I have children, Drew, you have children. I can't imagine burying my child. I can't imagine leaving my child on the table in the hospital and never being able to see them again. And that's what these parents experienced. And all the, also these mothers that gave birth and their children died shortly thereafter or were dead, you know, when they delivered them. I mean, this is just horrific stuff. We are focusing solely on the kids that have lost their lives. There have been thousands of other people that have lost their lives and even more people that are injured from this shot. And now they have a chance to seek litigation and to seek justice. And this is huge because up until now, you know, they've been exempt from liability. And I think that we need to also look at the bigger picture here on what doors this opens, this possibility of this news that Steve Kirsch um, broke over the weekend and that we, the Patriots USA, who you know, helped, who helped back this documentary, who does my show as well. Um, they're taking on people that would like to seek litigation for this as well. And, you know, all of this is just looking at the bigger picture of the fact that so many of the vaccines that are administered here in the U.S., most of them are targeted toward children because of the childhood vaccine schedule. Well, because of the act of 1986, they are exempt from litigation, from liability for any injuries, deaths, what have you, that happened for any of these various vaccines, not just the COVID shot. So now that we have a chance to actually have some liability associated with the COVID jab, which everyone knows very clearly caused death and uh, disabilities in its wake, and now we maybe have a chance to to get rid to get justice for all of these other families that have experienced tragedies because of all these shots that have been until the pandemic that have been virtually silenced. We think that these these um, people that have suffered from the COVID shot have been silenced and they have, they absolutely have. But the people that came before them have complete, have been shouting from the rooftops for decades and they have been completely silenced. So I think that there's a bigger picture happening here, one that we explore a little bit in the, in the documentary as well, but um, it's all, you know, very hopeful news for people. Yeah. No, it is. Well, so real quick on that, because yeah, there was this article and this this news from from Steve Kirsch today about Pfizer, uh, at least from what I read and how I interpret it being particularly liable. And there's a chink in their armor now because of it. Can you just give a a, a quick recap for, for folks who don't know what happened with that uh, in terms of the um, uh, let me get it right here. The, the plasmid bioactive contaminant that sequences that are a part of it is kind of the linchpin and 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 what changed this. Can you just give a recap of of what happened with that today and why they are now more liable and possibly in a state where where people could go after them and and be compensated for all the damages? Yeah, well because of the emergency use use authorization, you know, they were exempt from liability these pharmaceutical companies, both Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, but mostly Pfizer and Moderna because this has to do with the gene sequence, which of course we know is in the mRNA shots. So, um, this is due to the fact that 
Pfizer and Moderna knew that they had adult, adulterated gene sequences. They knew that they had contaminated gene sequences that they were using in this shot that they did not tell the regulators, meaning the FDA, the CDC, what have you. Um, it appears because we do have those 5,500 pages that were court ordered to be released um, from Pfizer, you know, showing all of this data, the clinical tri trial data, you name it. Um, we have all of that. And from what we know from the journalists like Naomi Wolf and others that have poured over those, it doesn't appear that this SV40 gene sequence was mentioned in that. So it may be that the FDA didn't know about it. Um, so Pfizer kept that and suppressed that from them. So now what needs to happen and what should would, would likely happen if the law were to be upheld in the way that it should be, Pfizer or FDA, excuse me, would have to pull the shots off the market until this situation gets rectified. And um, Pfizer and Moderna would be liable and people would be able to seek litigation for damages that they have suffered from the shot. And one reason why um, we believe that this precedence has been set for this is because Earlier this summer, a case in Michigan where a judge um, ruled in a remdesivir case that they were not exempt from immunity under the emergency use authorization because they knowingly had contamination in their product. That person won their case against uh, the makers, that particular maker of remdesivir, um, and that judge ruled that any liability exemption falls to the wayside when there's known contamination with a product. And so it has been unearthed that there was known contamination in these COVID vaccines. Yeah. Well, and the, so the question now, I mean, so chink in the armor, this is a huge development. It opens that up and hopefully provides an opportunity, a path forward for people to get justice. Because again, most of the people who took this I know there's a lot of us who didn't, but there's a lot of people who did because they they thought at the time it was the right thing to do. And there was a lot of people yelling at them say, uh, saying, hey, you need to do this. And here's why. There's the government saying you need to do this. There's the government who who damn near forced you to do it. And and there should be there should be some sort of 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 action that tries to fix what happened. You can't there's there's people who obviously had the worst happen losing uh, their own life, uh, a loved one's life, and, and you can never replace that. But there should be something that happens in, in response to this. And what's still so mind-blowing about this, and this goes back to as well, uh, and thanks for the description of that, <clears throat> the response to, to the, the news that broke, but it goes back to your documentary. We're still not, three years later, we're still not allowed to talk about this. And there is data after data. There's copious amounts of data. We all know people. Some of us, a lot of people who have been affected by this, this shot. And, and I praise God, there's some people I know and love that have taken it. And to, to date so far, they've been good. I know plenty of others who haven't. I know plenty of others who have experienced awful side effects, awful things. And, and we're still not allowed to talk about it. I just don't get, I, I heard, there's, there's the woman, I think it was the woman uh, in the trailer who mentions that, how it's like, how are we, like, how is this the case? But that's my question. How is this the case? Is it just the fact that Big Pharma is that powerful and they care it, that little about the American people? 
It is. It is the fact that they are that powerful. And we have to keep talking about it because they're not stopping. And let's not forget that these products were a DOD product. So, you know, we can maybe talk about how uh, apparently the FDA or the regulatory agencies didn't know about it. But this product was issued by the DOD. We weren't allowed to know for the longest time what was in these vials, but the DOD did, apparently. So, I mean, I, I still have a lot of questions. I'm going to have Steve Kirsch on my show this week on Faithful Freedom to ask him these questions to to say, hey, yeah, you know, I, this is great, and we need to get justice for these people. But I mean, come on, it, it's just one alphabet agency, um, you know, pushing it off to the other one um, and and making you know themselves look clean while the other one you know hides in the dark. So let's not forget about that. But also, it is it is really important that we continue to talk about this because. ASIP voted unanimously to put this on the recommended childhood vaccine schedule. So this has been added, um, you know, and if the if various states go with those recommendations, which they usually do, that means it's going to be put on the childhood vaccine schedule for kids to go to school, to be a part of daycare, unless parents seek exemptions. And then on top of that, you know, pregnant women, and we go into this in, in our documentary, pregnant women used to be excluded from clinical trials. Well, that all went to the wayside, um, you know, when we had a very public <laughs> clinical trial, we were all used as lab rats in this, and pregnant women were given the shot. Well, pregnant women were included in the uh, RSV shot clinical trials that just took place, and that vaccine, which pushed through with very little safety or efficacy data. It is an mRNA shot, by the way, and it is now being recommended to pregnant women. So when they get pregnant and they go into their OB's office, pregnant women are now being told to get the flu shot, the DTaP shot, the COVID shot, and this new RSV mRNA shot. We have to keep talking about it because unless someone starts to get hit in the pocketbooks, nothing is going to change. This isn't going to, to change at all. We saw over a year and a half ago, countries like Denmark and others taking this vaccine off the market, not allowing those 50 and under to get this COVID shot. And we have not seen anything like that here in the U.S. In fact, we have Travis Kelsey, who's dating Taylor Swift on TV, telling you to get your new combined flu and COVID shot. We have to keep talking about this. No, we absolutely do. It's it's the only way to push back because it's it's. I mean, it's it's honestly, it's a lot like um, it's a lot like faith, right? It's it's you've just got to keep planting those seeds. There's going to be some people who take it and run with it. Some people who don't. Maybe they do later, and that seed blossoms and grows. But it, the conversation just has to be out there, where at least they start thinking about. It. They might not agree right away. They might not be like, well, I don't see it. I don't. Okay, I don't see how you don't see it. But okay, but well, the conversation's there. That's why we're really diving into the humanity with this because, you know, you're not going to change hearts and minds and open people's eyes up with just statistics and um, investigations, which we do go into investigations. We have a lot of FOIA documents that we reveal in this, but it is mostly the stories of these parents. Um, from their point of view, they take us into their children's bedrooms. They tell, they tell us, you know, what happened on the day that their child died. They take us into the horrible delivery that they had with their baby who had uh, horrendous birth defects due to the inflammatory measures of these uh, vaccines, you know, we really hit on the humanity and want to show people what people have really truly lost in all of this and take all of the politics out of it, take take all of the med mainstream media talking points out of it and just show the humanity because humanity was lost 
during all of this. It has been. It was being lost. You know, you guys were talking about the the riots and the BLM movements and, and all of that. I mean, humanity was being lost and the sanctity of life has been long lost here in the United States prior to COVID. And so we want to restore that to the conversation because that's how you're really going to reach people is by showing what people have really been through, what they're really suffering. And so that's why, you know, we just really wanted to stick primarily with these families that lost children to show the humanity. And I think it's a smart move. And I think that that's the way that, look, everyone, doesn't matter what side you're on and what side of the issue, what side of the aisle, most people are emotional creatures and you pull family in and and that is, is something that everyone can relate to and i think that it's smart because the and look the left does that too with all their stuff now granted their their decisions and and ideas are usually not based in any kind of truth or science but they always try and get you on emotion that's how they get a bunch of people doing all these protests by the way as we all remember you could you don't you didn't need the vaccine you just had to go to like a blm protest and you were you were fine you were safe uh because covid was never um, transmitted there at any of those, according to Fauci. But I think you're so smart to to tug on those heartstrings, to to go down that path, because at the end of the day, that's who most Americans are. That's who most people are. We care about the people we care about. We care about this country, we care about the health of this country, and we care about the truth. And man, the truth has got to get out there. So it takes people like you doing that. So this comes out November 9th, there's the premiere in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I love Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tom loves Tulsa, Oklahoma. Why do you love Tulsa, Oklahoma? I've spent a lot of time there. One of my favorite beer gardens, Fassler Hall, is in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, Taryn, if you get the chance to check out Fassler Hall. What I think you would like is a bowling alley called Dust Bowl Lanes. It's an old-school bowling alley where you have a pencil and you mark, you keep score that way. Well, that's good that I learned how to keep score in PE uh, in high school for bowling. So by hand, hey, it, it'll come in handy for this. Yeah, it came but, in really handy for me. I took bowling in college, and my bowling instructor was Bertie Eason, and Bertie taught me how to keep score. <laughs> I love that you remember the name. I do, too. Uh, I was just going to say, first of all, you took bowling in college, question mark, and then you remember your instructor's name. I guess maybe if you get that lucky and you get to take bowling as a class, then you remember the instructor's name. But, Taryn, I just wanted to say that I really look forward to uh, watching this documentary because I think I told you in the past that I've lost a few friends who one died suddenly of a heart attack who was in great shape after uh, getting vaccinated, and I had another one pass away from turbo cancer. And just had a runny nose one day, went in to see his doctor six months after he got the uh, his, his second vax and uh, had cancer all over his body and, you know, died three months after his original diagnosis. So I, you know, I take my hat off to you to, you know, keeping this, not letting this die, because I think that we're in a situation right now in the country where a lot of people just want to move on from this. They don't They don't want to think about it anymore, especially people who have taken the shot. I think there's a lot of denial with people because they would rather just ignore it than realize that, that they, got, they got fooled into something or they got pressured into something to be injected in them that if they would have had the choice of having it, of getting it or not getting it, they probably wouldn't have. But they just want to they want to ignore 2020 and keep moving forward. And I don't think that we should ever ignore what happened. 
Well, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you have told me about your your friends and your loved ones. I'm so sorry that you lost them, Tom. And I'm so sorry for everybody that has gone through that. I know people that have lost their lives to this, and it's just really, it's so heartbreaking. And um, there's so many people too that maybe haven't correlated the fact that you know the health issues that they've been having since COVID aren't connected to the shot and. And there's just so many different emotional uh, scenarios and psychological scenarios attached to this. And so, you know, I hope too that by showing the humanity of what these parents went through, that people can see the grace in all of this that they need to give to themselves, they need to give to others, whether you had the discernment not to get it, um, you know, keep showing that grace and not saying, I told you so. And um, those that did, you know, have the grace to forgive yourself and to move forward and seek, you know, ways toward wellness naturally and, and and things like that but you know we also i want to point out we chose tulsa oklahoma because that is the hometown of trista martin who would be 19 years old um november 9th is the one year anniversary of her death um so this is very intentional and we hope that her family gets you know just one more little bit of closure as they take steps forward and in, in grieving the loss of their teenage daughter who talk about pressure she was 18 years old, so she was technically an adult in the eyes of the law and was able to go make this decision herself to get this shot. And we all know why, you know, teenagers wanted to get these shots. They were being bombarded by all types of social media, peers, um, you know, pressures when they're going off to college, wanting to go to concerts, everything um, to get this shot. They were being told that they would kill their grandparents if they didn't. I mean, what teenager wouldn't react in the way that she did wanting to go get the shot um, and make that adult decision that ended up costing her her life? And, you know, we're talking, too, about a 16-year-old boy whose dad uh, got the shot he was fine, thought everything was okay. So, you know, he went and thinking he was protecting his 16-year-old son, they went and got the shot and he died five days later. Wow. I mean, these are just tragic stories that, you know, we have to keep preserving these memories of these people. Yeah, well, no, we absolutely do. And and thankfully there's people like yourself and, and, and your crew and we the Patriots who are doing that because yeah, it just, I can't emphasize enough. It just has to be talked about. And, and the amount of times that I heard people, I heard this, we, we hear this phrase, right, in a lot of conversations and a lot of issues. But as it pertains to the vax, well, you know, rising tides lift all boats, raise all boats, whatever. It's like, no, stop it. Don't, you're, you're doing this out of convenience. You think, oh, this is just going to help everyone. And, and it, it lets me do the things you talked about. Let's me travel. Let's me go to a concert. Let's me do all these things, takes guilt off of my conscience so I'm not going to see my grandparents and, and, and affect them, all these things. Everyone was lied to. I mean, it is this is the biggest scam, perhaps, of all time. And, is and it? I mean, Big Pharma is the biggest scam, I think, of yeah. all time, really. And this was just exposing it. Absolutely. So November 9th, Tulsa. Obviously, you've explained why Tulsa now. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and is very sweet too, by the way. I think that's that's awesome and, and has all that sentimental value. It's November 9th. People can go to shotdead.org. You can see that site on there for tickets. If someone's not in Tulsa or can't make it there, what's the plan for wider release after November 9th for this film? 
Well, we will be having a live stream of the premiere on November 9th on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel. So okay. you can go there, you can see the red carpet event, which we're going to have Brad at Five Times August there, who um, wrote that song Fight For You and is on his album Silent War. And he's gonna be there, so you're gonna hear his live performance. You're gonna see the movie alongside all of us and these families for the first time. And then we're gonna have a panel discussion and live reaction from these families um, afterwards. So people can watch that live event on We the Patriots USA Rumble. But you can also go to shotdead.org anytime ahead of November 9th, put your email in there, we'll send you the link to the live event and we'll have it available on demand for free from November 9th on for people at shotdead.org. I love it, I love it. Well, we will push this again as the 9th comes and passes. Because I think, I just know, I know you, I, I, I know this is going to be an amazing project. I know it's an important project uh, and that people need to see it. People need to watch it. And I just am, uh, again, so proud of you for putting the work in. You, Taryn, guys, I know Taryn. Taryn doesn't have time for this. Taryn cares that much about this, uh, which is how this kind of stuff gets done. Because she is a busy woman, uh, but she's got a heart of gold. And, man, I can't wait to see this. It's going to be awesome. So check it out. We the Patriots rumble page you can go to shotdead.org get the e put your email in they'll notify you all the all the information's there that's a great place to go and do that obviously you can follow taryn everywhere on social media and you should you can catch her on the rvm network a couple times a week with her amazing show faithful freedom taryn thank you so much for being here thanks for all that you're doing can't wait to see this can't wait to see how it does i know it's going to be awesome well thank you so much and thank you for giving these families a voice you got it you got it well we'll have you back and we'll talk about it when you're this big documentarian. I don't even know if that's the term or not, um, but that's what we're going with. Um, if, if, if you'll come back with, with some small people like us once this thing crushes it and you get ready for your next one. Oh, you know it. All right, Taryn, have a great night. Uh, we appreciate you being here, folks. Do check that out. Again, shotdead.org. Go do it. Put your email in. Get notified. If you can't make it to Tulsa, which I know a lot of you probably won't be able to, at least watch the live stream that night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. It's so important that people like Taryn are out there doing this work. We're just part, proud to be alongside of her in all of this, really am. Um, okay, let's do this. We're going to touch on a couple quick things from the weekend. And this is my sports segment. And then we're going to head into the evening. There's a vibe. Can I just tell? Well, let's do this. This is let's play the bump. Let me just tell you something. Right now, we're, we're going to end the show a smidge early tonight. Not a lot early. It's it's ended earlier than this before because the Vikings game. I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, but I'm just telling you. I, I want you to know. I want my audience, our audience, to know how much I love and treasure you because you know me. You know how much I care about the Vikings. We have damn season tickets, and we live in Florida. Okay, they're playing on Monday night right now, and I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Um, I won't say that I didn't think about just nixing the last hour of the show, <laughs> but I didn't. We, we, we wanted to bring it to you. We wanted to have this amazing conversation with Taryn, which it was amazing. And by the way, do, please do follow her if you're not already. Her, her show is amazing. Moreover, she's amazing. So uh, make sure you do that. But <clears throat> I just I, I, wanted to, I wanted to take an opportunity to tell you I, I like you a lot and get a little pat on the back, too, because uh, the Vikings are playing. It's probably not going to go well, um, but I chose to be, be here with you. 
uh, and Tom and his snacks. Um, <clears throat> so let's let's just do a quick recap from the weekend. Some of you guys are gonna be like, I don't care, but um, there you know there's some decent college football games. Obviously, things things got a little interesting for for Michigan and thing in Ann Arbor with some new speculation over some call stealing. To which I would say, name a team who doesn't. Call stealing, sign stealing in baseball. It's part of the game, man. Part of the game. And, oh, it's different, though, because they sent someone to their campuses. Okay, you caught someone who right. allegedly, <laughs> at this point, went bought tickets to send people to campuses to steal signs. Again, find someone who doesn't. Find someone who's not creative. If you can find that the other 130-plus Division A F, F, uh, FBS teams aren't doing it at all, by all means, punish them. And I'm not just saying that because uh, I'm a fan of theirs, but I think that you'll find that they're they're not in the minority and that this is all bullshit. So I think it has to do with the fact that they're pissed at Harbaugh over how he has kind of snubbed them over alleged recruiting violation from years ago during COVID. And they're just like, oh, we're going to get him. Yeah, we're going to get him however we can. We hate that they're that good. Every, you know, everyone hates teams that are at the top. Uh, it sounds like a homer saying that, but that's really what I believe. And there's a lot of people who do not like Michigan football who are saying the same thing online. This is this is a big nothing burger. Yeah, I agree. I, I it, you're you're absolutely right. The NCAA is extremely mad at Michigan. They're, uh, the, you know what? The NCAA is a worthless of an organization as the WHO as any of in uh, uh, FIFA, probably the most corrupt <laughs> international. Well, I, I, you know what? I take that back. The United Nations would be the most corrupt organization that I think that think that there is. But the NCAA is just packed full of a bunch of turds. Turds run it. They're they're d bags. It it really they they have no power. And so with something like this, they're just grasping at straws to try and make themselves relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And they're going to go away. I mean, they, okay, punish them, punish whoever you want. At the end of the day, you're a relic. And these athletic directors, these programs, these conferences are just going to say, bye. We can yeah. make so much more without you and not deal with your bullshit. Um, but it was, it, you know, it was a decent weekend. At, you know, the Alabama-Tennessee game was decent for a while. Oklahoma uh, UCF was a good game. UCF had them. Oklahoma came back and 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 uh, pulled it off. There, there weren't a ton of great games though. No, nah. like it, it was kind of an overall just rough week for you know UNC got got beat number to ten Virginia. UNC to Virginia. Um, God, that one was was tricky. Not ideal. No, not ideal. Suboptimal. Suboptimal. Florida State, you know, pulled off a, a win against Duke. You know what? I'm on the fence with Florida State. I can't tell if they're like a legit good team or if they're if they have a soft schedule and the people that they are playing who are ranked like the Duke, like Duke, are as weak or not weaker than Florida State. So I'm still on the fence with them. I can't it's hard to tell. Well, it's hard to tell with the ACC in general. I know you've got some 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 likes and whatnot there but uh, and i think there's some great football there too to be clear but they eked out a win against bc they 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 just they haven't had a dominant win against a dominant team so it does make it tricky like 
and and you fast forward it's like i don't know that we will know you get to the end it's like okay well there's going to be uh floor you know floor state might like that doesn't mean anything <clears throat> it, it, so i i don't know that we really really will know it's it it seems like there's just a lot of you know unc's been good duke's been good florida state's been good are any of them amazing don't know yeah are any of them the caliber of georgia michigan Ohio State, Ohio State, maybe Washington this year. Yeah, you know, a couple of those. Although Washington barely beat Arizona State this weekend, so I don't know. It's it's a it's a tricky year. I I, I will say this, and I, I know I'm a homer. Michigan looks legit. Ohio State's starting to look legit, and uh, Georgia, of course, looks legit, but they're without Bowers. Penn State, Ohio State game was a great game, though. That that lived up to the to the Bills' low scoring, twenty to twelve. But that was that was a good game. Really tough for me because we got to play both of them still. Didn't know who I wanted to win. My kids are like, Dad, what are we doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I think we want Ohio State to win. So it's 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. Hopefully at the end because the game is because you don't want Ohio State going in as a spoiler against Michigan. No. Yeah. And I want them to feel good about themselves. And then I want them to remember. Um, you want them to cry. I want badly. them to cry. I do. <laughs> but also, here's the thing. Here's why I'm different, too. I, I don't like Ohio State. But if if we were to lose that, I'm a Big Ten homer. If we were to lose that, we were both 11-0, I want a strong Big Ten team going into the college football playoff to represent the conference. I can cheer for teams that I hate if it's if it's going against a different conference. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a unique creature, Tom Cunningham. You are a very unique creature. <laughs> That's... Probably the understatement. We all are around these parts. <laughs> if you walk through the door at this studio, you are unique. That's that's for damn sure. Um, let's look ahead to this week, though. There wasn't a ton. There's, by the way, Philly. I don't know what happened with the Philly game today, um, but they were up three to two in the series over the D-backs playing. I think they probably still are playing. Uh, actually, I can look it up right now because I'm on. I'm on this. No, nope, the D-backs won. It's over. The series is tied three to three. Going to game seven. Um, there and then Texas and Houston. Houston hosting uh, the Rangers right now. That series tied three to three. Someone is going to the World Series from the American League tonight. Yes. So we'll see what happens with that. That will be interesting for sure. But let's look ahead to this week. Some things to look forward to before we leave you for tonight. We want to give you something positive. Some of you don't care about sports. That's okay. It's still positive because we're not going to talk Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey here. Do you want to talk about her and Brittany Mahomes? No, thing? don't. I don't want. We're not sure. I saw that. I almost decided to show him like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm so sick of now. I don't know what's. Well, I don't want to make the comment I was about to make. There's there's a lot of things that I don't know what's worse. This that's going on in the world or what's happening with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Or uh, the NFL in general. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> college football. That's why we always talk about college football here. I do like the Vikes. I will go home tonight and watch the Vikings and hope that we can pull off a, an upset against the 49ers. But college football is, to me, the pinnacle of sports. It is it is the pageantry. It's just great. It's the I'll stop what I was going to say again after that. It's It's great. It's awesome. Here's some good ones to look forward to this week. Some of them, one of them actually, right here in town. But you've got Oklahoma and Kansas. And Oklahoma should walk in to Lawrence and say, we got this. But you don't know that that the Daniels, their quarterbacks, a stud athlete. And is he healthy? I don't I know. At one point he went out. But 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 point being is Kansas can surprise. You got Coach Leipold there who's done some surprising things. That's not a cakewalk. In the old days, it is. Your right. your 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 starters are out at halftime. 
but now it could be a good game. Get number one, Georgia coming here to Jacksonville to play Florida, who's unranked, but a decent football team in a very passionate rivalry. The, the largest world's co- largest cocktail party cocktail party right here in Jacksonville played every year, played at the Jag stadium. So that will be interesting. It's, it's one of those things where unless you're going to the game, don't go downtown folks. It's like when the players tournament comes here, Unless you're going to the golf tournament, stay inside because things get crazy. Traffic's bad. It's rowdy, uh, but it's a fun rowdy. So it'll be fun to it's watch. It's not like a Hamas rally. It's not a Hamas <laughs> rally. Yes, exactly. You've got number eight, Oregon. Or I never say it that way. Oregon. That's how my, my mom says it. She says, Oregon. Where'd it go, mom? Uh, number eight, Oregon going to number 13, Utah. Should be, that was a great game. Utah USC was a great game this weekend. Caleb Williams on a bad little stretch here. He was the number one pick without a doubt. And then the last two weeks, they're even talking like back-to-back Heisman's at one point, back-to-back Heisman's. There's been talk like he's talking about how he wants an ownership stake. And I hope that's not true. By the way, I haven't heard that from his mouth. Hopefully that's just rumint, but speculation that he wants uh, some equity in whatever team drafts him. It's like, bro, like, stop it. That's not, (laughs) that's not how things work. You don't come in as an unproven rookie and be like, and I'd like um, 3% of this organization. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, it doesn't even work that way when, you, when you're done with your rookie contract. It's, it's just that's not how the world works. But uh, rough go for him. Well, how it works is when you become like a part owner like Brady, you also have to get a, a stake in the WNBA team. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's all over Vegas that's right now, man. Yeah. It's all over Vegas looking good. But we've got that game, so that'll be good. That The Oregon-Utah game should be good in Utah. you got Duke, number 20 Duke, who's who's shocked a lot of people this year traveling to Louisville, number 18. Ohio State going to Wisconsin. You, 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 I don't know why we have a number sign there. That's probably on me. But you, you, can't, you can't underestimate how difficult it is playing at Camp Randall Stadium. It gets it gets wild there. So they're unranked. They're under Luke Fickle, you know, first year there in Madison. Uh, but that that's a game that could be interesting. Should be Ohio State's. They should walk away by several touchdowns. But you never want to play. Wisconsin and Iowa are tricky. It's like they could have a great year or an average year. You just never want to play them because they can creep up and beat you anytime. And then, of course, we got the Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, as we talked about already. Someone going to the World Series tonight from the American League and someone will go from the, the National League here in Game 7 once that happens this week. But you've also got the NHL in full swing. Some great stuff going on. So enjoy that stuff. I know I know a lot of people get so frustrated with certain sports and certain leagues you should. Not telling you not to. But I am telling you, find the stuff that you like and enjoy and enjoy it. And if there's a little bit of noise there, there's noise everywhere. Oh, my gosh. this It's like a politician, right? We always talk about this politician's dead to me now because they did one thing that I'm kind of quasi against. Stop it. There's leagues that are going to make some bad decisions. Find some things to find joy in. It is a miserable world out there. So find some things. You just you have to. You have to. We're, we're going to start doing We're going to actually start this week doing some, uh, for those of you who like to get a little bit frosty with your dollars, uh, which is not necessarily advisable at this point in time, given our economy. But we're going to get into um, something starting this week called Pick 6 with Nate Juggalo. We're going to have a, a friend join the show. We're going to talk about six games. It's actually going to be seven. This is a sneak peek. There's a bonus. An extra point. An extra point, if you yes. will. Um, I that, thought you were going to talk about we're going to do bonsai pruning. 
Oh, we, well, we're going to. Do, do you think you would have... Mr. Miyagi would be so proud. <laughs> do you think you would have the patience to build a model ship inside a bottle? No. <laughs> I would smash that, that bottle so fast. I would fast. pay to see that. <laughs> it would, it would, everything would get broken so fast. I forget what I did this weekend. It wasn't like outlandish and, and there was no anger or frustration uh, among my family. But I said something in response to something and, and my wife was like, can you just, can there be a little bit more <laughs> grace? Like, can you not, can you not skip all those speeds and go right to... <laughs> Murder, death, kill. <laughs> like, no, no, I can't. If I'm doing a a, a model inside of a bottle, everything is going to get smashed. <laughs> That's just how it's going to go. Uh, folks, it's been a fun Monday night. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for spending your time with us. Uh, we've enjoyed it. We've had some great guests tonight. Make sure you follow Alexis Wilkins if you haven't already. Go check out her music. Go check out everything she's doing. As always, check out everything that Taryn Gregson's doing. You can catch her right here on the RVM Network multiple times throughout the week and then replays again on the weekend. She has amazing guests, amazing shows. So go do that. Be paying attention to Shot Dead, the documentary that comes out November 9th. You can go to shotdead.org to learn more about that. Get tickets if you're in that area or figure out how you can watch it online. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your night. We will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Dinesh D'Souza. We'll be on with us tomorrow. Also, Bobby Barack from Outkick, Clay Travis's outfit over there. It's going to be another packed show. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.